Monty Show, the truth in sports talk streaming. When you want unbiased opinions about your favorite team without the spin, all you have to do is find the Monty Show, streaming live and available 24 hours a day, seven days a week on YouTube. And now, here's Monty. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? It's Monday. Hell yeah, it is. Thankfully, I didn't golf today, so nobody got hurt. And uh, yeah, we have a lot of news to get to. Thanks to our friends at The Advocates, theadvocates.com. The best injury attorneys in the business, The Advocates. You know the thing I love about The Advocates? They actually care about their community. They serve in their communities. You need an injury attorney, want somebody who knows the lay of the land, that's The Advocates. And by the way, you don't pay The Advocates unless and until... They win your case, theadvocates.com, or you can chat with an attorney live online for free, 24-7, 365. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. Happy Monday, my friends. Uh, Hello. Uh, Look at all these new members. Look at all these new members joining the show. It's it's pretty cool that, um, and actually, Provo Cougar fan is not a new member, he just couldn't live without us, so he obviously, came back. Obviously. Uh, Garrison Kleinman. Hey, hey. What's up, Garrison? Welcome to the membership. Appreciate you. I uh, had a great meeting uh, with everybody at RSL on Saturday night. Thanks to everybody who showed up. Thank you so much uh, for hanging out with us. Everybody loved the t-shirts. Like, I do have two or three of those, I think, left. Yeah. Um, we intentionally printed some extra ones to make sure everybody got... Uh, then make sure everybody got back uh, or got one who was there. So we printed some extras. So we really appreciate this. Uh, appreciate you guys coming out to RSL with us. Um, how's the weather? Well, I mean, because nobody's here to really. I mean, are you guys here for anything in particular? Um, um. You know. <laughs> so, of course, you know, we take a couple of Fridays every summer off. Right. Right. Like we do that. We take Fridays off on the program. Yeah. And, you know, because we took Friday off, uh, we thought that, you know, Washington State President Kurt Schultz had changed the world when he said the TV deal is done. Right. And it's going to be done in June. Get out of your freaking mind. And nothing happened over the weekend. There was, it was amazing to me that nothing happened. And you have this meeting, and I want to rewind a little bit and go back to this this Washington State meeting. Yeah. Because I actually think this is an incredibly important and dynamic moment in time. You have a, a university at Washington State that is, by any account, by any measure, really struggling. And we've talked to people there on a regular basis. We've really worked hard if you've followed this show at all, you know we've really worked hard to develop sources and information, and we've tried to do that at as many Pac-12 institutions as we can. One of those has successfully been Washington State. And it was amazing. We're in a meeting Friday around, I don't know, 10 o'clock, let's mm-hmm. say. Or around noon, I guess it was. We're in a meeting Friday at noon, and my phone just starts blowing up. Like, hey, are you watching this? The first one said, hey, are you watching this? And we weren't because we were in a meeting. And so the meeting ends and I call this person and they're like, this is it. The exact verbiage was, 
this thing with Schultz was a shit show. <coughs> and I can't say I disagree with that because you have a guy in Kirk Schultz who, again, I want to remind you, is not only the president at Washington State, he's also on the executive committee at the Pac-12. He is one of three presidents in the Pac-12 that is supposedly guiding and leading the decision-making and the mindset of the conference. You have a guy sitting up there saying, well, you know, this deal that's coming in could be more, it could be less, could be flat, you know. Like there was nothing given, nothing gained, nothing specifically said. One of his own people in this meeting got so fed up with the messaging being vague that she began pressing him on these issues. Mm -hmm. And you just go through this and it, it, it's amazing. And you listen to Kurt Schultz. He actually said it's the worst of both worlds. I mean, I've just emphasized our commissioner. It's been the worst of both worlds. You know, we have been out in front with nationally communicating about the issues with Comcast. We were the first school to actually talk about it and the board to talk about it without the positiveness of here's what our new revenue media deal looks like. So the worst of both worlds. <laughs> Bro, And if that was the worst comment, this would have been bad. But then Kirk Schultz started talking about budgets. And he started talking about budget projections. And he openly admitted that previous incarnations of budgets had been set off of not actual money, but projections. You can't throw a number up there, build a budget off it, and then find out later that you were $5 million off in that number because you took the best projections that were there and said, hey, let's just do it. And then when it doesn't come to pass, we put ourselves in a really tough spot. I can't overemphasize, we can't build a budget off of projections that have no basis in reality. And that's what got us here. And we just gotta be careful not doing that moving forward. And that's what got us here, bro. And I feel like we were the first ones, like we were watching this together and we were both like, wait, did he just say they did dude just say they made the budget that put them $70 million in the hole? What? Did he just say they made that budget off projections and not actual money? And so wait, you did it off projections and you never thought you'd be here. We expect to have a resolution in the end of, by the end of the month. I mean, if, when we thought some of these things with the Pac-12 revenue would be an issue back in January and February, we thought, well, we're gonna have the media deal die, signed. So by the time a board sees it, you see here's the, the challenges and here's the new revenue above and beyond coming in. And you say, okay, we got an issue to take care of for a year, but there's actually some longer term solutions. I never thought we would still be in June negotiating and working with our media partners around what that final deal is gonna be. So. Um, I, I um, do you guys uh, do you understand the gravity, the gravity of this stuff that he is saying? Well, we had the list of expenses, but this fifty million dollar a year deal, because that's what goes through my head when I hear him say we have the list of expenses, but we got this new TV deal, and it's like, oh, so you think it's going to be fifty million dollars a year? You think it's going to be 40, 30, 40, 50 million dollars a year? Clearly. And Clearly. you still are not committing to a timeline to the point where somebody in this meeting, and this was strictly a meeting 
to talk about how screwed they are financially at Washington State. I'm not even, it's not funny that they are, but the gravity of this meeting, and I hope people understand this, the gravity of this meeting, they were there talking about how screwed financially Washington State and Washington State Athletics are and look at the face of this woman asking this question. On a scale of one to 10, what uh, do you believe that you'll actually get there at the end of June? Um, right there, she's like, uh-oh, uh, <laughs> uh-oh. Like right on her, the look on her face, and I'm gonna play this again, I want you to watch it. The look on her face, it's, it's like, I'm dead now. This case is empty. Right, like, hey man, I'm serious. Are we going to get done? And then she realizes how, how A, direct her question was, but B, listen to the silence here when she is done asking the question. On a scale of one to 10, what uh, do you believe that you'll actually get there at the end of June? Um, what? He started laughing. I'm screwed. She started laughing at the, it's a simple question, Kurt. On a scale of one to 10, how fucked are we? That's the question. <laughs> and the amazing part is, the amazing part is, and I want to play this. On a scale of one to 10, what Look at uh, do you no believe that you'll actually get there at the None. end of June? Dead silence. Um, what? Who are you talking to? <laughs> um, no, sorry. Um, sorry, moment of levity. Anyway, um, yeah, because yeah. you know it would. I mean, it's kind of been a little bit of like. Um, I, I, I know. Groundhog Day. And that's why I don't like to talk to the media about this because I already yeah. said I think it's imminent and it's been imminent, you know, for three months. I put it. Oh my God, dude! What are you doing? Oh my bro? God! What are you doing? So let me get this right. Really good direct question chuckling at the silence and then he didn't have an answer so he's like oh are you talking to me um, well who the fuck else am i talking to guy you're the authority in the room like who else am i talking to um you're the president i don't, I don't know I, I i don't know if uh um, i don't know quite i don't quite know how to answer that to be see, honest um, um you're the president of the university and you're on the executive committee what do you mean what do you mean? On a scale of one to 10. Are you talking what, to me? Uh, do you believe that you'll actually get there at the end of June? No emotion, dead silence. Um, what, who are you talking to? <laughs> um, no, sorry. Um, <laughs> sorry, moment of levity. Um, yeah, because yeah. you know, it would, I mean, it's kind of been a little bit of like- um, I, I, I know. Groundhog day. And that's why I don't like to talk to the media about this because I already yeah. said I think it's imminent and it's been imminent, you know, for three months. I put it at probably eight to a seven. She said, well, I hate to ask, but it's been Groundhog Day, meaning you've said the same thing over and over and it hasn't happened. <laughs> hey, it's, gonna, it's coming. It's going to be tomorrow. Nope. Going to be the next day. Nope. Going to be the next day. Nope. Going to be a month from now. Nope. Like, the, she's making a Groundhog's Day joke. Back to the envelope calculations. What? And dude, you're broke. Dude. And you are financially leveraged to the point where you can't hire and you can't spend new money. And you're counting on this new TV deal to bail you out. And I can tell you, and I tweeted this, go back to my Twitter on Friday, I tweeted this. The, the academia at Washington State is 
furious about this. Hey, duck and like, no They are, I tweeted on Friday, the faculty remain steadfast. The athletic budgets need to be cut. And there's real concern about the viability of the athletic program on the whole if the PAC payout does not increase significantly. That's where Washington State is. And Jake, I don't I don't know. I, I we sit here and we joke about this. Yeah. But I actually don't think it's, you know, I, I, on its face it's funny because of the way he answered and she asked and that's your that's your staff member saying, "Hey man, you've told us this repeatedly and it's never happened." So I'm just asking you point blank, uh, you know, like, do you really think this is going to happen? Is there this lifeline you've been promising for months and months? Is that actually, because that's what the question is. And I'm going to play it unedited and I'm going to play it uninterrupted. Now that you've seen it and you understand, listen for her Groundhog's Day comment and listen to how she said it and where it is in the conversation, because you'll notice she's going to say, hey, on a scale of one to 10, Dead serious on a scale of one to 10. How confident are you that this TV deal comes in? No emotion, dead silence. She laughs, he jokes, and she says, well, you know, it's actually been Groundhog's Day. That's why I'm asking. On a scale of one to 10, what uh, do you believe that you'll actually get there at the end of June? Um, what? Who are you talking to? Um, no, sorry. Um, sorry, moment of levity. Um, yeah, because yeah. you know it would. I mean, it's kind of been a little bit of like. Um, I, I know. Groundhog day. That's why I don't like to talk to the media about this because I already yeah. said I think it's imminent and it's been imminent, you know, for three months. I put it at probably eight to a seven. So. Dude. Yeah. Like yeah. this is on. They're on the brink at Washington State financially. But I, I think the reason that this is so significant is there's no fixing this. And there's this idea that because the mouthpieces in this league have been, you know, talking about, hey, the grant of rights. You'll remember John Canzano last week, <laughs> you know, putting out that story mm -hmm. and everybody going at it and saying, hey, the grant of rights is done. Oh, my God. They finally got it done. And we told you on Thursday, there's no grant of rights. No. Go back and watch the show on Thursday because we got it exactly right. There's no grant of rights agreed to in this league. Mm -hmm. And and I, again, I think if if you don't if you don't believe us on that, don't take my word for it. President Robbins at Arizona, he's the one you should believe. Here. When I landed, I saw some reporter said, "Is this true?" And it was a, a, a tweet uh, from one of the other reporters saying, "The deal with the big the uh, Pac-12 is done. Uh, details to follow." And and so my answer was, I've not been informed about any of the information in this tweet. Dude. Uh-oh. That's the president uh -oh. at Arizona on the Paul Feinbaum show of all places. Because Paul Feinbaum, and I love Paul. And I think the Feinbaum show is incredibly important to the Southeast Conference and the ACC. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And a little bit to the Big Ten. And a little bit to the Big 12. Mm -hmm. And absolutely irrelevant in Pac-12 country. Which is why I don't understand, on its face, why President Robbins at Arizona is on the Feinbaum show. But he goes on the flipping Paul Feinbaum show 
and says, yeah, don't know anything about that tweet or those details. They haven't heard about him. They can't do it without him. Yeah. That's the thing. Like everybody started saying, well, he's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. They have everybody else. If you don't have one, you have none. Correct. You need 10 of them to have a grant of rights. Yes. Yeah. And if Arizona doesn't sign it and they leave, you got to redo your grant of rights. And why is that? Well, because the media deal that you did was for 10 teams, not nine. Mm-hmm. And I think people don't understand that. And I think that's why, you know, you, you look at this news and you look at this stuff. And I think it's very much what you've said. They're just, I feel like this whole stunt with Canzano yeah. was just to stem the tide of negativity. Yeah, that was it. I, I felt like the, the Canzano situation was a media play. It was, hey, we got to we gotta flip the media cycle kind of on its face here, on its head, if you will. And we, we have to find a way to get more positivity about our conference into the into the media cycle. And what better way to do that than to give some information, uh, obviously not accurate information, uh, to John Canzano. Uh, and, and again, I'm not trying to make it personal with John, but this, to me, uh, is pretty black and white. It's pretty definitive. There's not a lot of gray area here. You, you know, It was reported by you on your Twitter and in your story that they had a grant of rights, and they very clearly do not have a grant of rights. Like, I just don't like there's just no way around that. And so, you know, I, I, I think that happened late last week. And then obviously the Schultz situation, you know, uh, goes down. And now we're left here talking about uh, a president in the Pac-12 who is who mm -hmm. is on the board uh, that that consults the rest of the league, uh, you know, running his institution into the ground and quite frankly, laughing about it and trying to bring levity to it instead of taking it seriously. And. And I've always maintained at some point the Pac-12 and its mouthpieces, including Kirk Schultz, including John Canzano, in my opinion, are going to have to answer for saying things that just aren't true. And I think we're starting to see that play out. And it, it's the, the question, not to keep crediting Jake, because usually he's wildly unintelligent and uninformed. But um, how dare you? You know, uh, it's a question you asked in the pre-show meeting today. Why do these guys keep talking? Yeah. What is the win here? What is, if you are Kurt Schultz and you're sitting at a table and, and to be honest, he's sitting at a table with a bunch of predators. Yeah. That meeting at Washington state, as it was described to us on Friday afternoon was not friendly. It was not, Hey man, we're here. Hey buddy, we're here to support you. All right, let's go. Uh, fist hey guys. How can we get through this? Hey guys. No, that meaning very much was, this is your fault. We're blaming you. How are you going to fix it? Keep it real. And he didn't have an answer. Yeah, well, what answer is he going to give? That's that's precisely the issue. Is yeah. like, hey, like, yeah, you did make a mistake. And yeah, it's partially, not all of it, but partially is on guys like Kirk Schultz. Uh, the Comcast situation is partly on them. Uh, I think it's hilarious uh, and, and not, embarrassing. And not, not partly on. He's on the executive committee. Yeah. He, yeah. he is on... The, he he gets regular briefings on budget. He gets he knew the executive committee, and by extension, the presidents knew about this issue. Mm -hmm. Commissioners don't make decisions with this kind of gravity without the 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 presidents being involved in it. Yeah, the commissioner is just a pawn in the situation, and that and that's kind of why like. You know, as, as bad of a job as I think George has done and as, as certainly as bad of a job as he's done in the media, uh, I, I think this situation has kind of matured and evolved into the presidents of the Pac-12 are, you know, 
uh, embarrassing themselves a little bit. And, and I do think there are some bright spots personally. Uh, I think Taylor Randall's done a great job at Utah. Uh, Phenomenal and, job. And being positive. I mean, we've we've been told uh, through our sourcing that that he's tried to be a positive voice. I, I, I Again, I'm going to keep saying that I think President Kose up at Washington has done an amazing job, has resisted the urge to say anything, has has flown under the radar, has not spoken, like done a great job. I think, you know, Oregon obviously is doing fine. Like I, I, I just, I, I look around at the people who are talking and and it just feels like they're talking because they want to talk, the not because they need to. But the hardest part about all this is these people talk to each other daily. Yeah. These people are all in contact on a regular basis. These are not people that hate each other. These are not people that are even adversarial. I mean, it's it. Think about your think about your family. You like your mom more than your dad, or your brother more than your sister. Sure, that absolutely exists. But these are business partners. So when Kirk Schultz says, "Oh yeah, it's going to be done in a in a a week, two weeks, a month," oh, what are you talking about, man? There are people in this conference looking looking your your wander up there like, what? I, what? Where'd that come from? Mm-hmm. That's the biggest problem. And you look at the 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 hierarchy at Washington State and the different campuses are looking at each other like, what is this guy talking about? What is this guy doing? And it's why so many people were so shocked when somebody said, well, President Robbins, what do you think of this? Feinbaum <coughs> asked him, it's like, yeah, I don't know anything about that. But the question was, do you have anything to add to the Pac-12 TV deal situation right now? Just a wide open, easy, it wasn't like, hey, dude, why are you guys going to fall short? That's not what he asked him. He just said, hey, do you have anything to add to the situation? Just real easy like that. When I landed, I saw some reporter said, is this true? And it was a, a, a tweet. Uh, from one of the other reporters saying the deal with the big, t the uh, Pac-12 is done. Uh, details to follow, and and so my answer was I've not been informed about any of the information in this tweet. Ooh. Um, man, that's um, a kick in the balls. Um, I the other thing that I think is so interesting is this idea that Apple's going to swoop in with a three hundred million dollar a year contract, and. You know, we've tried to do that. There's clearly been a shift in the the momentum and in the tenor of the conversation around this Pac-12 media rights deal. Because in talking to people over the weekend and today, nobody thinks that there's a white knight coming with $300 million a year. Mm -hmm. But there seems to be a belief that streaming now is going to be the most prolific part of this deal. And I think one of the things that's really scary about that is, can you get a grant of rights on a deal that is between 70 and 100% streaming? And I don't think you can. I, I don't. I think President Robbins is a really interesting figure in this because he does not believe that tier one rights should be all streamed. Mm -hmm. Your best games, your most important games, your Oregon Washingtons, your Washington Utahs, your SC Utahs, your... Those big, big games. Yeah. And who knows what the schedule looks like a year from now. But if you think about the biggest games in the conference this year, any involving Oregon, Utah, USC, or Washington, they're going to tell you none of those should ever be streamed. They should all be on ESPN or ABC. Yeah. And I think that's going to hold true. 
And so I think if you come back and say, hey, all of our tier one and tier two are first and second best games, those are going to be on Apple TV. <coughs> I don't think you're getting a grant of rights out of that. I, I don't. I don't think you are. And again, I want to make this really clear. There is not a grant of rights agreement in the Pac-12. In any way, shape, or form, nothing has changed on that since Thursday. You will not have one, in my opinion, member of this conference agree to a 100% streaming deal. Yeah. I don't think I don't think any of them would. And it's the same thing I've been telling you for four, five, six months. If they were going to do that deal, it would have been done and it would have been with Amazon. It would have been done already. And this is the hard part about, hey, the, the Brinks truck is coming. They're backing it up. Beep, beep. Like you hear the backup, the, the beep. Yeah. Well, if that Brinks truck was coming, wouldn't it have been here already? Guys, we're in June now. It's it's June 12th. Man, Father's Day is next weekend. Are you telling me that if somebody had a $300 million deal, and again, back to Kurt Schultz, I know the optics, because you can't lay people off and hire Pat McAfee for $150 million in the same week like they did at ESPN. But am I wrong? And as everybody I've talked to, probably four or five people have said, listen, man, we know the numbers. Like, they know that it's it's around $20 million a year. Yeah. So, again, this idea that, hey, all of a sudden we're going we're gonna to wind up with a deal that's going to be $32 million a year. Okay, well, I, I, if that happens, I will be shocked. Because I talked to people today who said it's $20 million. We believe it's, it's, it's and I believe the number is $19.9 million per, per school per year. Mm-hmm. What else I, I don't know how you surpass that. And again, I don't have a dog in the fight. I, I, we, on this show, I think you guys know, we talk pretty much right down the middle on the Pac-12 and the Big 12. Mm -hmm. Nobody has told me that it's even $25 million a year. That it's $32 million, let alone $32 million a year. Yeah. And everyone in this conference to a man has said 100% streaming deal will not get you a grant of rights with even... I don't think any member will agree to that. Well, yeah, Not a and, single and, one. And and I think it's Little League material. I, I don't think well, the world is yet ready for a 100% streaming deal. And and I know MLS goes went to that, but the Pac-12 is not in the situation that MLS was in. And I think that, you know, Pac, the Pac-12 schools and member institutions need to have the uh, a, a way to make a bunch of money on their sales inventory. You have to have that. You have to have the ability to dig yourself out of a $70 million hole. If you're Washington State, let's say, like, I just don't think the world at the corporate level is ready to be like, yeah, we're going to be all streaming. And, you know, I, 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 on one hand, can see the logic in it. Hey, we're the Pac-12. We're going to innovate, and we're going to go all streaming, and we're going to be that. We're going to be that conference. We're still going to be a P5, but we're going to do it a little bit differently. And I well, would respect that. I would respect that. That's fine. But I just don't think they're they are particularly in a position to go all streaming right now. I just don't think that they are. You, when you have a cash windfall like that, I mean that's life changing for you, right? Like if you were getting three hundred million dollars a year, trust me, they would announce this deal already. But when you're struggling for money mm -hmm. or you're not making the money you want to make, you got to get to TridayTrading.com/slash/Monty. That's to me. That's that's what's going to save the pack. The, the presidents. Yes, yes, yes. TridayTrading.com slash Monty. You guys, have you been there yet? 
Before we get to your comments, real quick, pull it up on your phone, tridaytrading.com slash Monty. I'm telling you, stop hating your boss. Stop hating the fact he made you come back to the office. Stop hating the job you do. Stop hating your credit card debt. Stop hating the fact that your neighbor drives that brand new car that you wanted or takes his family to Disneyland when you wanted to do that and start living the life that you have worked so hard for that you have dreamed about and you can do that at trydaytrading.com. The best news that I have heard in some time as a stock guy, which I am, is that the bear market is done and we are back in a bull market. And what that means is we are climbing again. My portfolio is doing quite well right now, but it's because I know the experts at trydaytrading.com. We know people on a daily basis who day trade as a side hustle. Mm -hmm. Hey, I love it. Keep your job as a recruiter. Keep your job as a manager. Just make sure that you're day trading on the side and you can make hundreds of dollars a day. If I said to you, hey, did you make $1,000 today? Oh, you didn't and you hate your job? Trydaytrading.com slash Monty. That's the freedom. That's where you're trying to go, guys. It's time to stop making excuses and it's time to go and get their 30-day trial membership because it's sitting there waiting for you and it's got no strings attached. It's a 30-day trial membership. And at the end of that trial membership, you're going to do, I promise you, what everybody does, which is continue. Because you're going to see that it is the path to financial flexibility and freedom that you've been looking for at trydaytrading.com slash Monty. Make sure you click the Monty Show when they, hey, where'd you hear about us? The Monty Show. Make sure you tell them that. We appreciate that very much. Trydaytrading.com slash Monty. Let's get your comments in here. Thanks so much to everybody who's been chilling and hanging out. Um, we have thousands of comments already. Thank you for that. Uh, John Teal gives us $2 to say, a Washington State University, I can open up a spot for you, T. Harding. What is the value of Washington State? And I think this, this is a, a conversation yeah. that probably needs to be had on every campus. What is the value of Washington State to the Big 12, let's say? What, I, what's the value to the Mountain West? Look, I think the value to the Mountain West is really high. I think the problem with the Big 12 is simply financial. I, I mean, again, you're in the Pacific time zone. You're a P5, basketball and football. Like you're, You check the boxes, but unfortunately, because you're in such a poor financial position, I can't believe that Brett Yormark would be excited to add you. I mean, I just don't see that, you know, and, and I and I think the real trouble is is that you have some other options right around you, one of which in Gonzaga is already going to get added. Uh, another in Oregon State that uh, I would not be surprised if they got an invite. So I just think the trouble is is that there are options around you and you're not in a good place financially. So the Mountain West will take you because because that's a big-time addition to their conference because obviously they're not a P5 conference. They're a G5. So to me, I just look at it and I say, okay, you know, obviously if you're Washington State, you don't want to take a step back, but you're not really in a position to take a step forward either. And that's the true issue here is that is that you have a guy in Kirk Schultz who, yeah, is on the board and, you know, uh, uh, advises – you know, the Pac-12 and feeds them information and whatever. But at the same time, your own farm is burning to the ground. That's the problem here. It's a it, yeah. You can't, on one hand, sit on a board that advises the Pac-12 or, you know, tells the Pac-12 the situation. And then on the other hand, at home, be in a terrible spot. I mean, that's just not how leadership works. So for me, 
I, the Pac-12 is is full of this. The Pac-12 is full of these situations where it's like, hey, we're you, hey, we're USC and we're leaving next year, but yeah, we're still on all the calls and we're, we have all uh, the information. Like, that's amazing to like, me that you, USC and UCLA are still in the information pipeline in the conference. It's a perfect example of incompetence. But I think when you look at Washington State, what's the difference between Washington State and San Diego State? San Diego State has options. There's one key difference. But they're not flush with cash, I can tell you that. I think the key difference is that Washington State is a P5. Yeah. And 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 it makes it easier to add them. And again, I'm not I'm certainly not saying like if we just are looking at athletic programs, San Diego State's got a strong case that they have yes. better athletics than Washington State. Make sure you guys hit the like button. That really helps the channel grow. Thank you so much for doing that. Uh, as we talk about the situation in the Pac-12 with their TV deal, Rowdy Every Point gives us $10 to say with Gonzaga projected to join the Big 12. That would leave an uneven number of teams and would adding Boise State for football only, there's no such thing Gonzaga. as that. We, <clears throat> and we've talked about this regularly. There's no more football only thing. There's yeah. no more basketball only thing. If you are going to join a conference, you are going to have to go all in because that's what the financial model requires. There's also, when you look at Gonzaga, there's not a, a disproportionate or uneven. Or, the Big 12 doesn't do business like that. The Big 12 very clearly has sent the message that basketball and football are going to be different business units. We've talked about this at length in detail on this show. The idea that adding Gonzaga would make it difficult to have a, a, a schedule. It would not make it difficult to have a schedule. Two, they're not just going to add Gonzaga as a standalone. They're not going to do that. And I think when you look at adding a program that's going to bring you reach, which is going to translate to revenue, I think you are willing to accommodate the challenges that come with making an uneven schedule. I, I just, it's not an issue, but mm -hmm. this... We need to get this right because everybody keeps saying this about UConn. Well, UConn's going to join the Big 12 as a basketball only. They're not. They are absolutely not. UConn, as we have reported, I think we're the only ones reporting it. UConn's not willing to join as a football only, a basketball only. They're an athletic brand, and that's what they're willing to, to join your conference as. Mm -hmm. So they're not joining as a basketball only. So those days are over because it doesn't work in 99.9% .9 of situations, it doesn't work. And the only one that I see it works on is Notre Dame, and that's because they make so much money on their football brand. Yeah. Like, it, it, it just is untenable for a small school like a UConn. Because whether you want to believe it or not, UConn is a small school. Their football stadium and their games are far from campus. Yeah. They're not close. Um, it's not something that, in my opinion, is is doable. So, no, I don't believe I don't believe that it causes a problem. I really don't. Uh, and Donuts says Monday Monty Golf Fund. Cheers. Cool. We're going to PXG this week, so I need the money. Uh, John Teal, well, uh, Washington State versus Blessed State will be big for the Mountain West. I don't believe that. I, I, I think that's right. I think Washington State is a Mountain West school. Mm -hmm. And the hard part is you're used to getting $20 million a year. And unfortunately, you're getting that much and you're having to rebate people and it's $7 million per school. And 
but you're you're going to step down significantly because yeah. the Mountain West TV contract's not going to all of a sudden balloon. Mm-hmm. So I think you're going to have a struggle. I I I have I am truly concerned for the viability of the Washington State athletic program. Yeah, I have real real concerns about that. Like I don't know. I don't know how you fix that. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you fix that, man. Like, it is... Yeah, I just don't think you're an attractive proposition right now. And that's why I say, like, you know, again, I, 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 nobody wants to go backwards. But, you know, ultimately, you know, you're, you're uh, eventually you're going to have to make a decision because I, I just am not going to buy into this hype around, no. you know... Like, there's a narrative out there right now with the conference that... They should join Apple because of how many iPhones are on the planet. And it's one of the silliest things I've ever heard. It's just short-sighted. Like, like if you are making decisions based on how many devices are on the planet, you don't understand. Like, just because you have an iPhone doesn't mean that you're interested in Pac-12 football. Like, it's the most convoluted thing. And, and And I look at this and I say, dude, like, that would be a prime example of Pac-12 thinking. Oh, well... You know, there's a billion iPhones on the planet or whatever it is. So let's do this. But who cares if there's a billion if only 50 of them want your product? Well, and I think the other part of this is that here's how an Apple deal would work as it was explained to me. You would have, again, a rebate situation in place where, okay, hey, we'll do a deal with you and we'll give you $30 million a year per school, $300 million, as long as... Hey, we get a thousand new subs a, a, a week every weekend, or ten thousand subs, or a hundred thousand, whatever it might be. Hey, as long as we meet this threshold of subscribers, then you get you get your thirty million dollars per school per year. But if you don't, yeah, we're gonna pay you far less. So are you going to not take that money in advance, and they're gonna pay you in arrears based on performance? Because Schools need money now. They don't mm-hmm. need money later. Mm-hmm. So I, I would be interested to see how that will work. The other problem is, is you, from what I have been told, Apple is no longer going to count the T-Mobile free subscription anymore. Like that's done because it's not benefiting Apple. Who's it benefiting? What's well, benefiting T-Mobile? Yeah. Apple needs paying Apple TV subscribers who are here to watch Big 12 or, or excuse me, Pac-12 athletics. They need revenue. They need revenue. And the, the part about, look, I understand why so many people have said, well, hey, man, if it's on Apple TV, it's on every iPhone. I'd be selling that too. That's absolutely a value position. As somebody that is a professional seller, trust me, I would be running the same shit out there. But here's the problem with that. Grandma, who's got an iPhone in Poughkeepsie, is not watching Pac-12 football. Oh. Furthermore, Jimmy, the AP writer in the ACC, isn't watching Pac-12 football on his phone and paying for it. You know how I know that? Because he doesn't watch it now when it's free on ESPN. That's the untrained eye. So the people who are like, oh, well, you could put it on every iPhone. It, it doesn't work like that. And again, as a salesman and as somebody being like, hey, 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 Mr. Ryder in Portland, go ahead and run this line out there. Mm-hmm. Every phone, every iPhone, everybody's got an iPhone. It's got an Apple TV. Okay, cool. But what do you say about the Minneapolis soccer writer who never watched a USC or USC Utah game mm-hmm. last year and kept putting Utah behind USC even after they had beaten them? How dare you? Right? Like you have people 
who it's free and they won't watch it now. What makes you think they're going to pay $19.99 a month to get that? Because from what I also understand, Apple would very much like to do a sports pack, not unlike DirecTV. Hey, you want the sports tier? Okay, that's going to be $12 a month. And you get all of this. But hey, you don't get other stuff. But you, but you don't get Ted Lasso or whatever show you want to point to. You're just buying sports. Yeah. Okay, that's great. But how many people are going to do that for MLS instead of, like, there's no way to win that. You need, if you are the Pac-12, A plus B equals $30 million a year. Yes. Jimmy the SC fan went to Apple, subscribed. That's a win for the Pac-12. Mm -hmm. Johnny from Inter-Miami bought Lionel Messi. He has access to Pac-12. Not a win for the Pac-12. No. And you have to be able to. That's one of the bigger questions about Apple is, how are you going to delineate how Jimmy and Johnny came to you? Unless they have a free promo code from T-Mobile and it's on a T-Mobile iPhone. You're not going to have any idea. Well, yeah, and that's why I say, like, again, this is such a simple conversation because it, it, we're, we're basically having a conversation about consumer habits and how people buy things, how people consume yeah, things. Yeah, exactly and, right. And, and exactly it's like, right. okay. Exactly right. How, how do I consume something? Well, you know, I go to the store and I'm looking for something sweet. Well, I'm probably going to find myself in the cookie aisle, right? I'm not going to the grape section, right? Because I want something sweet. If I'm flipping on the tube on a Saturday afternoon, thinking, all right, let me find a let me find a good game here. I, you know, I'm in a nappy mood, but I want to watch a good game. I'm not thinking about Apple TV. That literally doesn't even cross my mind, and that's what I think the Pac-12 doesn't quite understand. And what would you say to Caleb Williams if you were on the Pac-12 network? Hit the transfer portal. Would you, if <laughs> you were, like, let's go back in time, and let's pretend. Okay? Guys, 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 guys. Yeah, schemers. <laughs> Let's pretend <laughs> that right now, Pac-12 Sports was on Apple TV. Mm -hmm. Would Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams have come to USC if it was on Apple TV? I think that's a really difficult thing to say they would, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Would Caleb Williams have won the Heisman Trophy last year if all of USC's games were on Apple TV? No. That's what you can't get away from. Because the other part of this that nobody seems to want to talk about is recruiting. Mm -hmm. How are you going to recruit when, you know, Freddie's game is on Apple TV and mom's already trying to figure out how to pay her rent and bus fare to get to work? Schemers trying to control okay. their little worlds. Well, maybe Jimmy gets a free code. All Pac-12 athletes get free Apple TV. Okay, great. Cool. Now you're, you're okay, you've overcome that hurdle, but... Is she going to know how to use the phone? Is she going to want to, like, there's all this stuff. What's the other problem with that? It's not a paid subscription, and it's not a paid viewer. Yeah. So one solution begets more problems. It, it's just, it's not an easy deal to make. Yeah. And MLS is finding that out. They are finding that out. You know what the crazy thing about being at Real Salt Lake on Saturday night was? One, I really actually enjoyed what part of the game I was able to watch because Greg Hawkins wouldn't shut the <laughs> we sat and had a lovely conversation yeah. with a bunch of dudes um and really if we're being honest it was greg who wouldn't shut up you just yeah it's not true greg's wife is one of the nicest people i've ever met by the way yeah so og greg is anyway but it was actually nice 
to watch MLS on a TV. We were in the Zag Club, and there was a TV above the booth. We were all sitting and yeah. talking. Amazing technology, isn't it? And we were watching. It was it was actually a really nice experience. Zag Club's amazing. It's really amazing. Um, all right, let's see. I want to make sure we don't miss anybody. Uh, John Teal for $2 says, Apple option isn't short-sighted. It's desperation. I, well, I mean, I you, can use the, yeah, you can use I think the adjective. That, I, I, yeah. I, think, I think there's some of that. I think, you know, again... It, like as a conference, the clock is ticking. I mean, you know, again, it's this whole concept that we've discussed so many times of a doomsday clock for the Pac-12. I mean, that no, clock, no, that clock is no. ticking closer, bro. It is working its way up to midnight. But it's baby. Groundhog's Day, yeah, and it's just yeah. going to happen over. And over. Uh, yeah, uh, eventually, over and dude. over runs the well dry, and and that's the problem. It's like, dude, like I, I just when I saw that clip of Kirk Schultz. You know, trying to create a moment of levity, as he called it. I couldn't believe it because because it's the prime example of Pac-12 leaders not being able to answer questions in a way that has a positive spin. They don't it's, know how to do it. It is Garrett Cole. You guys remember Garrett Cole from the Yankees, the pitcher who mm -hmm. in Houston won championships, came to the Yankees, and they asked him, hey, Spider Tech, which is a spray that you put on your fingers mm -hmm. or on the ball so that you can really grip the ball and make it mm -hmm. go right where he didn't want to answer the question. So um, was, um, I, don't, uh, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know if uh, this is literally no quite, I don't quite know how to answer that, to be honest. That's um, Garrett Cole in his introductory press conference. One, I think it was spring training where he was being asked about, hey, do you use Spider Tech? Um, I don't. I don't know. I, uh, I, I don't know if. Uh, um, I don't know quite. I don't quite know how to answer that. To be honest, uh, um, like it's incredibly awkward because you don't have the answer. And the thing that is also really surprising is: Am I the only one who thinks that I'm going to play this clip again? But tell me that this this woman who asked this question, notice it again when she's asking the original on a scale of one to ten, sir. Not not laughing. Awkward silence. She smiles. She laughs. Kirk Schultz steps in, but watch her face when the words Groundhog Day come out of her mouth. She's not laughing. She is not laughing. She is deadly serious. Deadly serious. On a scale of one to 10, what uh, do you believe that you'll actually get there at the end of June? Um, what? Who are you talking to? Um, no, sorry. Um, sorry, moment of levity. Um, right here, look at her face. I mean, it's kind of been a little bit of like I know. I know. That's why I don't Not like to laughing. talk to the media about this because I already yeah. said it. Not laughing. Um, she is deadly serious. She is frustrated and she is deadly serious. Yeah. And I think the hard part is it's not unlike Garrett Cole. Kirk Schultz didn't have an answer. Yes. To a question... That if you're on the executive committee, which means you're one of three presidents in the Pac-12 who sits on the executive committee, that means you get all of the information in a daily briefing yep. that you can't answer a simple, hey, one to 10, what's your confidence level on getting this deal done in June? It's, it's disappointing. Yeah. It is incredibly disappointing. And it makes me think that Kurt Schultz didn't drink a buckshot before the meeting. Yeah, that's which, which listen, in and of itself listen, is a that's, terrible yeah, choice. That's all I can think is that he didn't get his bucked up in. And when you don't get your bucked up in, you you wind up not being able to think properly, bro. Um, and you I, know, don't, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know if uh, I don't know quite. I don't quite know how to answer that, to be honest. Um, um, it's that simple. Done. That's buckshot. 
It's free in the description below. And I'm telling you guys, go and get it. They want to send a six-pack of Buckshot to your front door. I, they're all good, by the way. Watermelon's by far my favorite. I take it everywhere I go, whether it's hiking, walking, golfing, at work. Obviously, you see me drinking on the show every day. Uh, it does not help your golf game, though. Uh, <laughs> trust me when I say that. It will not make your three-wood off the deck in the fairway straight. Trust me when I say that. Gotta be fucking kidding me. Yeah, no, I'm not. I wish I... Hey, hey <laughs> but bucked up. If you got a supplement to straighten out the three-wood, please hit your brother up because, you know... <laughs> the point is, listen, 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 my friends. Get the free samples below. They also have what I think is the best bar in the business. Buck Bar from Bucked Up. Um, quality, quality ingredients. It is available to you for free. They want to give you a sampler pack of their bars and they are really, really good. Really, really good. I love them. The Buck Bar, I have them every single day. Again, uh, I, I have worked it into my golf game. A lot of you may know that I've now lost 23 pounds and I test a lot of it. And I credit a lot of it to Bucked Up helping me feel better. I slept great last night, seven straight hours. I wake up feeling good because I'm well rested. I have a buck bar before I go and work out in the morning. I drink my, my buck shot in the afternoon. Like I feel great and it's helped me be more active. And I'm telling you, it can do the same thing for you. Free in the description below, the buck shot and the buck bar. Hook it up. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. Don't forget Alema Harrington coming up in 40 minutes right here on the show to talk some uh, Keaton Slovis. Keaton Slovis. Mm-hmm. Is Keaton Slovis an NFL prospect? <laughs> you be nice. If you're an NFL prospect, do you leave USC to go to Pitt? And then do you leave Pitt to go to BYU? Don't play intramurals, brother. And the eye test, I, in my personal opinion, I don't believe that Keaton Slovis passes the eye test. Mm-hmm. Alema is at, obviously he's a BYU guy. He watched, you know, their spring ball and he's doing football camps today at BYU. Like, mm -hmm. and this has been a major talking point about the Big 12 and how BYU fits into the Big 12. We'll talk to Alema Harrington about that coming up in 40 minutes. I want to run through your comments, you guys. You're amazing. Thank you so much. Again, everybody hit the like button. All 849 of you that are here, all 3,000 of you that have watched the uh, the show today, please hit the like button. It really helps the channel grow. Um, uh, right away, Tanner says, Slovis is mid. The 23 season will prove that. Well, it's going to be an uphill climb. It is going to be an uphill climb. There yeah. is, there's no doubt about that. Um, Tony says, uh, hit the transfer portal. 100% correct. <laughs> Ding. When we asked, hey... If you're if you're Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams, are you at USC right now? Had they been on an Apple TV deal, and I don't think you would be. No, I I, I truly don't think you would be. Uh, Lincoln maybe, but not Caleb. Uh, the Big Lubbock says President Schultz got run out of Manhattan, Kansas. Well, and I think he's close. Mm -hmm. We have been told repeatedly his seat is pretty warm. Yeah, and. The Palouse doesn't play, dude. Like you look at what's going on in, yeah, they're 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 in for some tough times at at Washington State. Their campuses, their administrators, their academics, they're they're pissed. Like yeah. they are not happy as they should be. To a certain extent, I agree with that. 
Uh, plus, the bars are are nor, not giving to spend to put the Pac-12 game here in Texas. So, well, okay, so Bryce, this is a home run comment. Yes. He's talking about the sports bar where you have, hey, the Big Ten's on CBS and the SEC's on ESPN and ABC. Well, let me pay some more money to make sure I get Pac-12 football on in Lubbock or Austin or College um. Station or Houston. It's going to be tough. I could make the argument in Houston because Houston, Calvin Sampson just got a contract extension, by the way. Uh, yeah, you're going to want to put his games on in a bar. Mm-hmm. But how many guys in Lubbock are like, yeah, I got to have that? I don't know. That's a very interesting question. Um, the Tater Man. Are you a Tots guy or a Tater guy? Maybe you're a Golden Crowns fan. I don't know. Uh, info from one media company says Oregon only worth 45 million without within the Big Ten media deal just signed. Everyone else in the Pac-12 is worth less than that. Yeah, I don't know if I if I I don't know your. That sounds very speculatory. I think anybody that values Oregon at 45 million is crazy. You, I mean, just in booster money alone, just in NIL alone, just in recruiting alone, you're worth far more than 45 million. But, hey, you know. Uh, and Donuts, Okie State barely pulled a BSU last time they played. Well, am I the only one who also thinks Mike Gundy's got to start winning? And I mean right now. At some like, point. If he's playing ping pong or I'm a man. Know, it would be pickleball because everybody and their brother plays pickleball. Uh, it, I don't care what he's playing. Chess, checkers, pickleball, you know, Uno. He needs to start winning every game he plays mm-hmm. because Oklahoma State needs to win and they need to win now. Yeah. Because the mullet's only going to take you so far. And I think because people are, garbage. I think people are losing their patience. I think people are losing their patience. Yep. Uh, Robert Graves says people only stream to watch their favorite team or the rare intriguing matchup because you can't easily flip between channels. It's, it's something Fast. else I think is a really good point. We need somebody somewhere, and I think ESPN's trying to do it, and I think Amazon, and this is a big reason I believe that the Pac-12 should go to Amazon. Amazon can give you, Amazon Prime Video can give you every, every platform you want. Like any channel, any stream, yeah. you name it, you can pull it down on, on Amazon Prime Video. Yeah. I, I think this point's exactly right. It's very difficult to flip from Apple TV to ABC or ESPN. It's very difficult to do that. And the other thing that stands out to me so much about ABC and ESPN, number one, it's got incredible popularity amongst Pac-12 presidents for obvious reasons, and it's on every smart TV. So it's easy to flip back and forth. It's easy to move in the ESPN ecosystem. No doubt about that. J.K. Marshall says Rowdy isn't wrong. Uh, Rowdy said for $5 here in South Carolina, and I am sure I am sure I speak for much of America, no one cares enough about the Pac-12 to pay a subscription price for access. Yeah, I think that's another side of the conversation. And, and again, you know, it comes back to consumer well, spending habits. It, you're only going to spend money on things that you either, you know, like in your words, care about or want or really desire. If it doesn't provide value for you, you're not going to spend money on yeah, it. Yeah, which is precisely why people buy iPhones because they provide value. But it's also why precisely do we, why, why. do we pay for greens fees? Why yeah. do we pay for food? Why do yeah. we pay for yes. 
Think about what you pay for. Think about the, and I don't mean your mortgage, obviously, your car, obviously, but think about the other things that you pay for. Like for me, it's golf right now. Things for me, that are it's, not a need, but I want that yes, you pay for. Yes, exactly right. Uh, OG Gary says Greg was amazing. Yes, he was. Uh, Adam says the Pac-12 saga is going to be a great 30 for 30 special. Boy, I wonder. I wonder because the ESPN's played a huge role in this behind and in front of the scenes. So yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. Lopes fan Gabe, how are you? Why the grape hate Jakey two holes? They just crush a sweet craving just as quick as a cookie. Hey, you start talking shit. What did I have for lunch today? Mm-hmm. I had grapes, red grapes. From, My point was Costco. not that grapes are not better than cookies. I agree. I love red grapes, but I know me, and I'm a fat ass. When I go to the store and I want something sweet, I'm probably going to the cookie aisle. And this is why I'm married, because my wife will not let me walk down the cookie aisle. Because she knows I will just put an arm into the shelf and continue to walk in all of those cookies. Every brand, yeah, yeah, I know what time it every is. flavor into the cart. I know better. You know, the funny thing is, we were we were in the cereal aisle yesterday. I was buying my Heritage Flakes, which really is just another word for butthole coring. Butthole um, coring. <laughs> high fiber old man cereal, Heritage Flakes. <laughs> we're like sitting there reading the label. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to be gassy. <laughs> like, it's my favorite cereal now. And then in the dairy aisle, they had this big stand of sugar cereal. In the comment section, what's your favorite sugar cereal? I made the mistake of reading the ingredient Why? label on a, Why? you know, those big ass bags of insulin, <laughs> dude, or I mean, not of insulin, of Lucky Charms, Right. same thing. Why would you do that to yourself? So that I you don't buy it. You just can't help yourself. So that I don't like, buy it. Uh, I, you know, uh, Raider Mark says it's imminent. I've heard that about you. Yeah. Dallin Sproul. What's up, Dallin? What's good, boys? Love being here with you guys. Appreciate you being here, man. Thank you. Uh, Sammy says Messi is coming to MLS. I hadn't heard that, really. Is he, he's going to the Chicago Fire, right? Is he, Stay hard! I hadn't heard that. The Chicago Fire. Uh, at least they were there, Tanner. Yes, exactly Damn. right. Damn. Wow, what Damn, did Tanner Gabe. say? What did Tanner Damn. say? Damn. Tanner said... You guys didn't watch the field during the RSL game. How dare you? No, because we, we were actually like spending time together talking. And eating I know. amazing food, by the way. Crazy shit. Like you sit and you actually, I know, I know. Okay, that's like, enough. Stop, please. I know. It's crazy. Please. We actually sat around a table. It was me, Mrs. Monty, Jake, Darren Ingram from Canyons, Franklin from Canyons Golf, Darren from Canyons Golf, Gary, Mrs. Gary, Greg, Lee Jensen, um, Lee Jensen, Jansen, uh, Giggity. Giggity, Giggity was there. Mapes was there. Roger like, Sales. Roger Sales. Like we had a really good time. And some of the guys were outside in their seats because you get really good seats. You get midfield seats. But we sat there and like we blinked. Oh, yeah. RSL missed another easy chip in. Anyway, <laughs> like we were watching the game and paying attention, but we were just having a lovely time chatting. And... This is going to sound crazy. I had a revelation over the weekend real quick. Okay. I had a revelation over the weekend. I said to my wife, I never spend time alone. I don't have time in my life. Any pretty much seven days a week. I am not alone and I am not ever in a quiet room. That's fucking interesting, man. You know, the only time that happens when I'm sleeping. And it's one of those things where I was sitting at that table at RSL thinking, Wow, we're having like an adult conversation. We're not talking about sports. 
We're not talking about food. We're not talking about the score. We're talking about traveling and life. And it was really nice. That's right, T. To just sit with, I know it's crazy. Don't you other, say it. Other fucking adults. Don't you say it. Other adults and having adult conversations. No crying, kid. Guy in his subie with his loud exhaust. The cow turd. No slicing into the woods. It really hit me. Just a glass of water, a really, really good salad, <laughs> some really good, they, they made like these, I don't know if they were ribs or whatever it was, but like the food was really good and we just had a good time. Are you not going to mention the mac and cheese, dude? Because I don't necessarily. Like, dude, how are you, how you not going to mention the best part of the meal? Yeah, John Teal, gives, John Teal gives us $5 to say as a side note, what kind of watch is that? I've just gotten into Omega and I can't stop looking at everyone's wrist. That's, that's, an, that's that, an Apple Watch, bro. Yeah, that's just an Apple Watch. But I will tell you, yeah, it's just an Apple Watch. Uh, I will tell you, I'm a watch guy or used to be. Now I'm broke because I play golf all the time. Right. Um, and Omegas are nice. Uh, I'm a Breitling guy. I, I'm broke. It's fine. Uh, Zach Sloter. The Saudis uh, bought oh, the PGA. Maybe they could buy up the Pac-12. Don't tell Saudi me George stage. hasn't at least thought about it. You can't tell me he hasn't reached out to the PIF. Watch him roll out a statement in like a month. Hey, uh, yeah, Yasir is now the commissioner of the conference. I'm going to Hawaii. We'll see you guys later. And calzones for everybody. At Papa Murphy's, we do more than just pizza. We do calzones. Papa Murphy's does calzones? Oh, I think you mean I do the calzones. And how do you do it, Dad? How do I do it? How do I do it? Well, we do it with fresh ingredients and hand-shredded cheese tucked in a scratch-made dough. That's how, honey. At Papa Murphy's, we make great pizza. You never get the calzones. Order now at papamurphys.com. Just saying, papamurphys.com. Use the promo code MOTC25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. The calzones are amazing, even Bomb. though Jake is like, oh, they need more cheese. Can I have more cheese? Can you, have you ever met like uh, something in your life related to cheese and it had too much cheese? No. Or like, nope. Nope. It is amazing to me your appetite for cheese. I love cheese. Hey, dude. can I get some extra cheese? Me? Yeah, dude, here's your bowl of cereal. Hey, can you throw some extra parm on there? Yeah, like, dude. It, uh, hey, hey, man, here's, uh, you want some grapes? Yeah, do they got any? Uh, Got any Kojak for those? Hey, guys. Jalapeno Jack? Yeah. Shred? You Pepper know, Jack? Some, you know, some pizza. Havarti? How about some shredded Havarti? How about some Swiss? Because we all know you can't have Havarti if you don't have a party, right? I mean, Can let's do this. <laughs> yeah, I'll stop. Donnie, you're out of your element. You, you do love your... You love do it, love dude. Your, I love it. You do. You do. Uh, J.K. Marshall says, Jakey too fat. That's, you know... Truck Stop Gumby says, Jakey, too fat. Fat! Fat! Talking with Raphael. Damn it, I missed it. I wish I were there on RSL game. Well, yeah, well. Where you been, bro? Pretty, yeah. Where have you been, Raphael? Yeah, I feel like oh, I haven't seen you. Hard 75, bro. Yeah, whatever, he's dude. Did, like, he's on TikTok. Raphael's doing this be hard for 75 days thing. Dude, what is Look, that like? Because I don't, I don't know about that. The vascularity down there, dude, you got to be careful. Yeah, you got to chill. You know. Stay hard! 
That's not what that is. <laughs> just I just so everybody knows. <laughs> Frosted Flakes. Laura Weiss says my favorite cereal is Frosted Flakes. Jansen says Frosted Flakes is the only right answer. Oh, please. Lucky Charms is goat. Oh, dude, Gary. Lucky Charms is absolutely goat. Yeah. Absolutely goat. No doubt. Captain Crunch conundrum says. Very yes. Captain Crunch. Nah, God, that stuff. I like peanut butter, but it just kills your mouth. It just kills your mouth. Um, Zeus says, wait, I thought y'all said the pack was dead already. Never said that. Wrong show, but appreciate you being here. Truck stop Gumby Corn Pops. Yes. Yeah, dude. Corn oh, pops John Teal. Yes. <laughs> yes. Golden Grams, dude. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Golden Grams. Dude, you're going to trip and fall <laughs> I'm down a man. the stairs. Uh, yes, Cocoa Pebbles. Yes, Captain Crunch. Special K yogurt and berry for me. Big okay. Yo- big yogurt guy, huh? Why? Why? Can you <laughs> grow up? Stay hard. Grow up. Oh uh, my God! Just like that. Oh. J Rod says cocoa pebbles. Yeah, my dude. Honey bunches of oats. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, J.K. Marshall, ninety-day corn dog diet <laughs> rules. Ninety. Oh, rowdy. Booberry. Hell yeah. Yes. Zeus, corn pop was a bad dude, Brandon. Apple Jacks. Yeah, Apple Jacks. As a kid, this one. Huge Apple Jacks guy. Honey Nut Cheerios. Yes. Uh, What about honeycombs? Does anybody remember honeycombs? Yes, absolutely. Honeycombs were good. Cocoa Pebbles, Frosted Rice Krispies. I actually went to an acai bowl place the other night and had like real honey, you know, like the kind that bees crap out and stuff. And it, it is so, dude, you eat good, real honey. So good. Uh, Jansen, we had uh, a fun talk about Elon Musk and Neuralink. Yes, we did. <laughs> At the RSL game. Uh, Jim Choi said, who won the RSL game? It was a draw. Uh, Matt Ritson, Captain Crunch, lots of sugar. Yes. Mm. Mm. Count Chocula. Ooh. Frankenberry. Yes. 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 Um, let's see. Uh, Truck Stop Gumby says... No cow turds. I mean, no that's an easy drop. Cow turds. By the way, did you guys? We'll, cow turd. Yeah, we'll talk about cow herd later. He this CNN thing over the weekend. Um, all right, have we come to a consensus on the best cereal yet? Uh, I mean, I think. Uh, oh, Fruit Loops. Nah. Yeah, I'm old, like I said. I'm old now. I, I every day I I eat Heritage Flakes, but the one that nobody's brought up is a good steel cut oatmeal, a no, bowl of steel no, cut oats. Nope. Nope. With with a little almond butter in there, some nope. bananas, a little bit of nope. Lie detector syrup. test determined that was there a lot. Go. Ooh, Alema Harrington looks like uh, he's <laughs> dude. Do you even lift? You look, bro. You mm. look really good, man. Thank you. How I we doing? That. I'm doing well, man. I'm down here at BYU for football camps and having a blast watching my two young ones just run around and uh, and have a good time and. And uh, if you haven't had kids down at the BYU camp, you're missing out. It's a blast. So we're, we're having fun. We're having a lot of fun. Alema, what has BYU meant to you? Because I, 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 you're a, obviously you're in that community. Obviously you're, you know, you have, you, you have spent a lot of time at BYU in your in your breathing days. So I'm I'm curious, like, what is <laughs> what what is what does BYU mean to you? I really actually appreciate that question very much. And and I had an opportunity uh, in between the two sessions, morning and afternoon, the kids went up to the Cannon Center to to have lunch. And I I was in John Hall my freshman year 
Um, and I'll tell you, the, the flood of memories that just came back and, and all of the, the feelings of, of appreciation, gratitude for people like Lavelle Edwards and, and Lance Reynolds and, and, and all the coaches that, that have impacted my life and being down here. And I'm not down here all that often. Uh, I come down here, you know, probably a handful of times a year and I'll go to Legacy Center. I'll pop in. I'll see Jack DeMuni and, and some of the guys that are here. Al Papuno is a friend of mine. And, and um, but there's there's a great appreciation for what BYU has meant, not just the education, because obviously, you know, you walk away with a, a college degree and, and that sets you up for everything else that happens in your life, even though. Uh, you know, I didn't major in broadcast communications. I had a minor in broadcast communications, but my major was uh, sociology. And, and I use that to a degree as a, as a substance use disorder counselor today. But um, BYU is, is one of those things where, um, you know, the nostalgia and the appreciation and running into guys that you played with. I recently was able to, uh, you know, host my, my seventh annual golf tournament and had guys from my era, Matt Bellini, and, and some guys actually flew in for it. Courtney Rogers is a former Provo High Bulldog and, and a great uh, you know, player from, from years, uh, years back. And, and I ran into another guy uh, at, at a funeral yesterday, Andy Katoa, who I played with. And, and the list is long, but those are the things that you, you really you hang on to and to be able to, to have those connections. And so BYU... I think above anything beyond the degree and the opportunity to play division one college football and have a lot of those experiences is the connections that we make with the, the, the players and the coaches and those guys will always be my family. And so uh, BYU has meant an extension of my family to me, but I appreciate that question because BYU does mean a lot to me. Well, you know, I, mean, I think we talk a lot about values and we talk a lot about, you know, football makes men and reveals character. And, but I think at BYU, that's not just writing on a wall. That's mm-hmm. not just some philosophy. I think it's, and I don't think people understand this. And, and I know we talk about it on our show all the time, but like I go back to Harris Lachance last year, who was on our show every week. In the middle of their losing streak, he was on our show every week. Mm-hmm. In the middle of that losing streak where they were just simply not playing very well and they got rolled, let's say, the week after Oregon. He's yeah. not looking for excuses. He's talking about, hey, we have work to do. We have to – it's a lifestyle is my point. And I yeah. wonder, think back to your playing days and think think about the impact that you, that your coaches and, and all of those historical figures had on you. Those things manifest themselves, I would imagine, in your life every day. Yeah, and, and I think you make a, a great point if you, you know, reflect back to what last year was like for, for BYU and, and, and having hard times. And, and those things are probably as important as 1984 was for me, which was, of course, a year where, where we went undefeated and won a national championship. Wait, but Bob, it's those BYU has a national championship have along the way that, that really challenge you and, and, almost force you in some ways to grow. And so those are the things that I, I think I walk away with and have benefited me as I've gone on through life and, and checking back in with those guys and, and during hard times, whether it's Lavelle Edwards or Lance Reynolds was, was my running backs coach. So he played an important role in my life and my BYU experience. Um, but, but all of those guys played important and important roles for me but it was 
you know, not so much the, the highs as much as being able to get through those lows and those challenging moments, because there's times in my life today that might be challenging. And I can reflect on something I went through back at BYU and say, you know what? I learned a lot from that experience. And here are the things that I'm going to put into this experience now and be able to get through it. So, um, you know, college football for me is such a, a, a huge blessing and such a, a, a beautiful thing to have been able to be a part of. And sometimes I, I think of just all the travel that you get to do in college football, because at that age, you know, you don't get to travel the world or the U.S. for that matter. But, you know, and, and to be able to have that experience, we flew all the way to Australia and played a game uh, when I was at BYU. So um, the travel was a big part of it, too, just being able to see the country in different parts of the U.S. and and kind of what it was like. That was big for me, especially a kid that grew up on a rock, right, that, living on an island and to be able to have all those experiences. Grew up on a rock. Alema Harrington presented by our good friends at TridayTrading.com. Uh, you know, the, the, the interesting thing, like 1984 was so mythical and it seems like so long ago and it seems like, you know, like I, I wonder for somebody who experienced that, not to be all nostalgic today, because this really was not my plan. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, when you think back to that, is it like it was yesterday? Do you have, is it, I imagine there are things that happened during that season and moments that happened during that season. Do they play back in your head like a movie? Is it something yeah. like, does it seem surreal at this point? Um, you know, it's interesting because I'll walk into Legacy Hall and I'll see some of the pictures from that era and that season that we went undefeated. And it, it's hard for it to feel like it was just yesterday, not because of, you know, just kind of wh where my mindset is, but I look at the uniforms, the shoulder pads were all the way out to here. And it just the everything uh, of that era of football was was different than kind of the high tech that we're dealing with now. And I'm, you know, sitting in and of course, the indoor practice facility. And when I was at BYU, we were in, uh, you know, the, the Smith Fieldhouse on a small little turf area. And that was when we practiced indoors. That's where we were. So there's been a lot of progression and separation from 1984 to where we are today. But at the same time, you can look at all of the things that 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 season represented. And it, it feels like it was yesterday. It's like, man, I, I can still remember walking out of the Holiday Bowl after that win over Michigan and understanding that there, there was a chance because, of course, it was different was an AP UPI poll at that time. But understanding like, man, you know, we, we've accomplished some some really important things here that that are important, not just for us as individuals, but for BYU as a as a franchise, as an institution to be able to do something like that. Yeah, that's wild, man. I, you know, I, I can't even. You know, I think about Hans Olsen, you know, doing the broadcast this year, and I think about you, and I think about, you know, the Tiesman, or I think about, you know, guys like Bronco Mendenhall, guys like Lavelle Edwards, like the connection that you guys have to BYU, it just, it just doesn't end. It's not, mm -hmm. there are so many guys who graduate college, and they don't put the uniform on, they don't put the hat back on, they don't go to games, they, like, it, it's just, I don't think people understand Alema, that it's not a it's not a four year relationship. It's a you're making a lifelong bond yeah. at BYU. I think. I you know I ran into Ty Mattingly who played on that national championship mm -hmm. team and ha probably haven't seen Ty in maybe five six years. 
but it's like I just saw him yesterday, right? That relationship and running up to him and saying, hey, man, how are you doing? He's here watching some grandkids. I'm here watching my kids. Uh, you know, just all of those things and those connections and kind of catching up and like who's doing what in your family and those those kinds of, of things that, that really connect you. So you're absolutely right. And and I look at, you know, the, the eras that, that have come along the way. And for me as a player and then as a broadcaster, and I did Lavelle's show on TV um, for, I think, five seasons into his last year when he retired. And then Gary Croton and then on to Bronco Mendenhall. And so, you know, you, you stay connected to it. And, and that, that's sometimes a choice. And other people might not be as connected. But for me, I have the benefit of being in the in broadcast media. So um, I have opportunities and options that that allow me to, to be able to stay close to the program. But, you know, you know. Even as the coaches change over the years, and I'm very close to Kalani Sataki and connected with him and, and have known his family since he was, you know, just a kid and, and watched him, you know, come up the ranks and, and to see the things he's doing here now and so proud of him and what, the, what he's doing. So all of those things, like when I walk back on this campus, it feels like, man, this, this is part of me. This is, this is home. My wife and I went down to, to a brick oven and had some pizza during lunch and, and just kind of the nostalgia of all of that. And, and it's great to be back. It's great to be here and be able to feel that. Ah, it's all love, except for the bib uniforms and the Gary Croton stuff. But anyway, uh, other than that, it's, you know, it's all love. Uh, as it is at TridayTrading.com, before we uh, before I ask you a couple more questions, I want to get your thoughts on Triday Trading. I know you're a great advocate and spokesperson for the company. What makes Triday Trading such a viable option for so many people? Well, I think everybody's looking for opportunities to be able to be more in control of their financial future. And that's what Tridate Trading has meant to me, right? It's been an opportunity to be able to kind of take charge of what's going on with your finances. Because you can do this at home. You can do this instead. You can do this while you're still working, meaning you can do this, get, wake up in the morning, get some trading done, and then you're off to your regular job and you can slowly progress into you know, supplementing your income to maybe replacing your income, but it's the it's the the freedom that it allows you because of what Triday Trading does, which is setting you up to be successful. Because they want you to succeed, and if you go and get into their program, they're going to teach you how to trade. They have a proprietary software that makes it almost a no-brainer to be able to do this and to be able to trade like a pro. And so you can get into that quickly and be starting to trade. And, and even as you're doing that, I th this is one of the things I love the most is that they're going to set up an account for you and you will start trading using their money. So their funds. And that's how much confidence they have in themselves, in their program, in the proprietary software, and their coaches, is that they know that if we get you into this program, you're going to be successful. We're going to fund account for, an account for you and you're going to go ahead and trade and you'll keep up to 80% of the profits. And I can't think of a better deal than that. And, you know, just a, a, a way to show that they're confident in what they're doing than to be able to do that. So I love the financial freedom side of it because you get to set up your own schedule. And then I love the way that they set you up to be able to be successful and have confidence in their program by funding your account. And all you have to do is pay $10 and you got a 30 day trial of all the resources. And I tell people, we joke about this all the time. If you can't figure it out in 30 days, then, then there's a problem. But I feel confident that anybody out there 
can figure this thing out in 30 days. And all it's going to cost you is $10. And that $10 is going to go to a charity anyway. It's not going in Tri-Day Trading's pocket. It's going to a charity. It's just a way to have a little skin in the game to make sure that, hey, we want you to feel like, okay, this is something that I, I put $10 in. So let me let me do everything that I can to get the most out of it. And in those 30 days, you'll be exposed to what Tri-Day Trading is all about and the success that you can have. Yeah, man, if you can't figure it out in 30 days, it's it, and I, I think one of the things that I, I love so much about Ryan and the crew at, at Tri-Day Trading is if, if it's not for you, they're not going to be hounding you. Like, yeah. But when you're in, you're in because the relationship we've been sitting here talking about relationships. The guys at Tri-Day Trading have no interest in just leaving you out hanging or never helping you like you get a high level of coaching and mentorship. And you know what, Alema? I think that separates them from so many people who are mm -hmm. just after your dollar. At Dry Day Trading, they're after your prosperity. They're after your success. They want to be a part of what's right in your life. Absolutely. And, and, and you know, we've talked about this before. For me, you know, the way that I got into this was I was doing a, a radio remote at Tri Day Trading. I ran into Ryan Van Dorn. We had some other things in common. We started talking. And it, it was that relationship that really drove where we are today, I want to say, you know, four or five years later, um, that relationship is still there. But it started because of that connection, that relationship. And I love the fact that this is a company, if you're watching us here and you're in the state of Utah, then you have access to their campus. They're, they're right here in Lehigh and you can go and you can you know, participate there locally with one of their, their coaches or you can do it remotely as well. But having the option uh, to have somebody that I can actually talk to and that that's a person that cares about me, um, I, I think is huge. And, and that is, as you mentioned, uh, one of the difference makers. I don't know that you can find that anywhere else in this industry. Nope, totally agree. And by the way, there's never been a better time because the bull market's back. Get into it now, tridaytrading.com uh, to get your $10 30-day membership. A couple other things, because I know you're tight on time. I want to ask you about Keaton Slovis. Obviously, this is a guy that's got a huge name. I think maybe shock the world is strong, but it was surprising that he put his name on paper for BYU. Um, USC, Pitt, how, how confident are you that a guy like Keaton Slovis can, can step into the quarterback position at BYU, which I think comes with an awful lot of expectations? I mean, yeah. there have been some legendary figures in, in, under center at BYU. How confident are you that Keaton Slovis can do that job for Kalani? Well, I think that he can for a couple of reasons. One you already mentioned, which is understanding the pressure of being the starting quarterback at a, at a school like BYU. He's already done that at, at USC. So it's I don't think that that pressure is going to weigh on him. I ran into Fessy Satake earlier today and, and talking to him about the progression. This kid is a smart, intelligent player. And so the ability to be able to just absorb the, the playbook and be ready for BYU's offense. I think he's 100% capable of that. And, you know, transfers are always kind of an interesting type of dynamic because, you know, especially, the, I mean, the portal has been a whole different thing now, but, but this is the first experience for BYU really to have this kind of experience with a transfer in the transfer portal during that era. I go back to Steve Sarkeesian, obviously, who played, you know, uh, JC ball before coming to BYU and, and probably similar to that, and, and to, to hope that he could be as good as Sarkeesian was, man, that, that would be um, obviously, 
you know, beyond what we could even hope for to have a, a quarterback that good. But I think that he's ready for this. And I don't think this is, is any, you know, real challenge for a guy like Slovis just because of his experience coming into BYU. And everything that I've heard, and I've talked to the coaches, you know, sometimes you worry or you wonder how they're going to be respected as far as a leadership position is concerned when they're coming in and whether or not they're going to get, you know, what kind of feedback they're going to get from the rest of the offense. And uh, everything that I'm hearing is that he has come in and taken command uh, in a very positive way, and and everybody's looking to him as as the leader and the guy that's gonna you know be BYU's signal caller this season. I, I I'm confident that he'll get it done. Well, let's hope because I think it's gonna be a very challenging season going into the Big Twelve. Obviously, that's a that's a very steep climb. But uh, really good to talk to you. Thanks for sharing your memories. We didn't actually plan to do the whole you know memory road at BYU thing but hey it worked out and we appreciate yeah. you sharing your memories man absolutely man thank you guys I always appreciate jumping on the show sorry for some of the, the stuff going on back here but but uh, grateful to have an opportunity to talk to you guys as always all right man good to see you we'll talk to you soon okay. that's Alema Harrington trydaytrading.com man if you don't like Alema if you don't get fired up about mm -hmm. football listening to him talk about 1984 and you know, like it, it's just the ability to share those memories. And I think his experience and his, the, there are very few people that have the life path of an Alema Harrington who can Seriously. offer you, you know what I mean? Seriously. Like to offer you that experience. And again, you guys support TridayTrading.com. They're fantastic. Um, and I, I, I know so many people, we talked about this at RSL the other night, that yeah. there are so many people that are struggling financially and, hey, this was a great escape. And I'm telling you guys, trydaytrading.com slash Monty. Sign up for the 30-day membership. Again, as Alema talked about, it's 10 bucks. It goes to charity. It's a tax write-off for you. Well worth your time. But once you get into it, you guys are going to love it. And again, that's Alema Harrington telling you that. Alema's been through their program. He's making money with you know on the market. Like It's not my word. It's his word. And it's the hundreds and thousands and thousands yeah. of people out there making thousands of dollars a day that went through the Tri-Day program. So good to see Alema Harrington. Let's get some of your thoughts in here. Um, let's see. Who's got... Well, I, and I appreciate the Jansen Raisin brand comment. I, I do appreciate that, <laughs> you know. Um, let's see. Cowboy Country says, what is this lifeline for the Pac-12? There's a lot of people who believe the Pac-12 is going to wind up with Apple. And that, you know, I've heard that four or five times in the last couple of days that Apple's coming in. And now I personally don't believe that happens mm -hmm. because I don't think you're going to get half this conference. I don't know that you even get one person in this conference to sign a grant of rights if it's all streaming. Yeah, I, I just, I don't see that happening. I, I truly do not. So I, I think that's, that is very, that is interesting to me. Um, you know, I think it is, yeah, it's interesting. The eye patch says breaking news. BYU still sucks. 84 was 39 years ago. Hey man, welcome to the chat. But how many people actually have a national championship? How many, you know, that's what I'm saying. Um, Jansen says, why is this turned into a political chat? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea why it's turned into a, why is it turned into a political chat? I don't know. Um, I think one of the interesting things about BYU is that 1984 matters. And I don't care what school you are. I don't care what conference you're in. You have a national championship. 
it's awfully difficult to say that 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 doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I you can't write it off and say, oh, BYU still sucks. BYU has had a run through independence that I I don't know many schools who would turn down their results. Yeah, and by the way, I think they landed in a pretty good spot too. Yeah, now they might get their ass kicked this year, probably will, but they're still in a P five. Yeah, and I think the independence put them in that position. It drives me crazy when people are like, oh, they suck. Okay, well then, you show me the school. And I'm not even a BYU fan, and now you're turning me into a BYU fan, but fine. Show me the athletic director. Show me the football program. Show me the athletes who spent 10 years as an independent and did the things in including you know, winning all those games, going through, going through COVID, putting guys number two in the draft, putting wide receivers in the draft, putting Fred Warner in the draft, putting Calvinoy in the draft. Like, show me the NFL guys. Show me the, you know, the, the independent schedule building, running through the Pac-12. Yes. Show me the ability to schedule Oregon. Show me the ability to then turn all of that into a coaching change from Bronco to Kalani, and then at the end of the day, you wind up in the Big 12. And somehow tell me, oh, they still suck. I have trouble with that. Yeah, uh, you don't have to like you don't have to like BYU. You don't, but you have to respect what they've done because I think what BYU has done is, I mean, it's really phenomenal. It really is phenomenal yeah. to me, anyway. Um, but you yeah, know. Uh, Dwight Lilly says BYU has something Oregon aspires for—a national championship. You know, uh, Quint says I have two hundred fifty thousand bees who make it for me. Damn, you have two hundred fifty. Okay. Uh, Quint says, I'm going to send you some real raw honey for real. Dude, real honey is... Real raw honey. And I'll, you know what, Quint? DM me. I'll tell you when I need it because I have two really good fresh jars right now. It's amazing. I know a ton of beekeepers. And if you get honey from a real beekeeper like Quint, it's... Next level. It's not... You can't... And I understand everybody says, oh, it's a whole real honey. Trust me. Get it from a beekeeper. It's fresh. It's it's just different. It's I'm telling you, it's not the same. It is not the same. Uh, Bryce Martin, I mean, that's been the word at the watering hole that Apple is landing spot for the pack, but they usually say they're going to get ESPN with it too. We'll see. You know what? I, I, think, I think ESPN is going to be very hesitant to spend money with the Pac-12 mm-hmm. because I think if it's not tier one, I don't know what the value proposition for the Pac-12 and ESPN is. Thanks. I don't know. Because the other problem here is ESPN and Apple are competitors, significant competitors. Yeah. Especially in the sports space. Apple's trying to become a sports player. And it's very difficult if you're giving half of the content to to your your the sports outlet. Yeah, and I, I just don't understand. ESPN doesn't have a need, you know? Yeah. Like, that's why they haven't come off their number. And again... Yeah. This whole narrative of ESPN and Apple, it just doesn't make a lot of logical sense because they compete. Why would they do that? You know, I, I think it, it's going to be interesting to see for sure. Uh, Drew Christensen, I'm excited to see how BYU fits in the Big 12. It'll be awesome to have something more to root for than just maybe possibly going to a New Year's Six game. Well, I, And I think that's why Keaton Slovis is such an integral part of BYU football right now because they need some composure at the quarterback Thanks. spot. Because they're going to be significantly less talented than their competitors. There's no question about that. Yeah. And I think that's probably the case for the next two years. Mm -hmm. My guess is after that, you're going to be able to ramp up quickly. 
But I think you're going to be significantly less talented this year and next year than most of the conference teams you play. Yeah, and I think it's your job as a program to prove that you can fight through that, you know, and that you can be reasonable on less talent. Yeah, we'll see. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. That'll be It'll be interesting to see how that plays, but we'll see. Uh, the rumor, Cowboy Country gives us $5 to say the rumors of WWE leaving Fox are heating up. If it's Fox on Friday night plus Apple, that might work. But when is Apple split programming with anybody? Yeah, that's the problem. Very little. And I don't know that most people know when MLS games are on. Um, and I don't know necessarily that WWE leaving Fox impacts their college football. Yeah. It really at all. Because I think you also have to remember that Fox has significant fish to fry in, in pro sports as well. I mean... Fox is one of the people that have been linked to just about every football product out there. Yeah. Um, I think Fox would very much like to be able to compete for for a, a an MLB piece, a larger piece of MLB. I think a larger piece of, and I don't know what they're willing to spend on the NBA, but there's a lot of people who think Fox wants NBA. Well, I think the tough thing is, is you're competing against a juggernaut in the space. I mean, again, ESPN has so much of every sport. Like, you know, again, think about all the programming you get on ESPN. Like, yeah. like you're getting Sunday night baseball, you're getting NHL, you're getting college football, the you're NFL, like, the NFL, you're getting, I mean, dude, you're getting, uh, what cornhole championships. You're getting like all kinds of stuff. So if you're Fox, like, uh, and again, this has always been the Pac-12's problem. You're not the most relevant thing in your category. Well, and that's the truth. Like, you're just not. And and the other question is, again, let's say it's a Friday night game of the week. Okay, so what is Apple going to pay you? So you're saying that, that Apple's going to pay you $25 million a year, $250 million, and they're going to give away a Friday night game of the week. What is, is Fox going to take the fourth best game on your schedule? It's a huge question mark. Is Fox going to take the fourth best game on your schedule? Furthermore, if you're 10 teams, they have said specifically, we're going to get a TV deal done. Then we're going to expand. Mm -hmm. So let's say it's 30. Let's, let's, let's go play in Kirk Schultz fantasy land. Let's say that it is $32 million and it beats the big 10 or the big 12's deal. Right, because everybody, oh, it's going to be bigger. Okay, great. <laughs> let's let's say it's thirty-two million dollars. So you have five games maximum every week. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, we're going to expand with San Diego State, and we're going to expand with call it SMU, right? So now you're back to twelve teams, right? Yeah. You're you're at thirty-two million dollars a year. So you're dividing that by 12 teams. That's that's the the issue with that is now you're making $21 million a year. So if if that's the case, or excuse me, $26 million a year. If that's the case, did you really beat? Did you? No. You didn't. You didn't. Because at $31.7 million a year, Every school, and it's probably after payout, it's probably $50 million. So if you're if you're if you're the Pac 12 with 10 teams and you get $32 million a year, okay, yeah, that works just fine. 
because you're getting $32 million. Hopefully, a couple of your basketball programs pick up. Hopefully, you know, you're getting into the college football playoff. Oregon, Utah, Washington, hopefully are getting into the college football playoff. Maybe Oregon State. Okay, cool. At 10 teams, you're at $32 million. College football playoff. Let's say a team or two in the tournament. Maybe you're pushing $50 million. But you're going to expand. So if you're at 26 million, you're only at half of the 50 that the Big 12's pretty much universally accepted. Big 12's going to get to 50 million. Yeah. Because they, while you've been looking for a deal, they've been doing Mexico and Rucker Park and creating a basketball unit, creating a Arlington. football unit, Arlington Pro Day, Arlington, you know, like they're, they've been doing things. Yeah. It, I don't, and I'm not trying to be a pessimist. I don't see how a deal that's not all in on Apple at $300 million a year. And really, if we're being honest, if we're being honest at 12 teams, I think you need it to be $35 million a year. Yeah, you do. Right? You do. Just to just to compete. Well, and I think the other thing that compete. no one talks about is, I feel like when everyone has these conversations about like 35 per school per year, you guys understand that 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 doesn't mean that every every school is getting thirty five million a year, right? You understand that 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 money is going to go to the conference, and then based on the grant of rights agreements, you know percentages the are going to be paid out. The revenue percentages. How much is the actual distribution? So Washington State's not getting the same as Oregon. Oregon State's not getting the same as Washington. Like that's not happening, man. And 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 I feel like. People just forget that. So again, when we talk about Kirk Schultz and we talk about yep. you know the situation there, dude, it would be one thing if you were Oregon and you were minus seventy million. Let's say I think the exact number is like seventy three and some change. Like it, that would be one thing because at least then it's like, all right, cool, we got the Nike money. We're gonna get our, our we're gonna get a fat ass cut out of this new TV deal. Like we're gonna claw our way and back. By, and by the way, who's gonna produce those games? That, yeah, that's another a legitimate question. question. Another question. If it's Apple, who's gonna produce that game? Is production cost <laughs> involved? Because that's gonna lower the, the distribution. That yep. how much each school gets. That's gonna lower that because you have production costs. Okay, like. What is San Diego State? If San Diego State comes in, mm -hmm. should we believe that San Diego State football has a chance at the college football playoff in the next five years? No. Why would we believe that? San Diego State basketball. Okay, transfer portal life, one and dones. Absolutely. San Diego State's shown you they can go and bring in talent and compete. Okay, great. Especially out of the pack in that case. But if you lose Arizona, and I think if you go Apple heavily... And we open the show saying if it's 70% Apple, <coughs> I think you're going to lose Arizona. Yeah. Tournament team, right? You're going to, because remember, remember UCLA is probably the flagship basketball program in this conference today. Mm -hmm. Arizona is rebuilding out of the tougher times, but I'm, yeah. I'm asking you seriously, how much money is this conference going to make on NCAA basketball? Not enough. It hasn't been good. Yeah. Re in recent times. Now, this year, Bronny's going to be at SC. Like, you're going to have a lot of dudes in the conference this year. But it's not about this year because that deal's in place already. I'm talking about the new deal mm -hmm. when SC and UCLA are gone. That's a, that's a huge question. Oh. I think if it's 100% Apple, you're going to lose half the conference. Yeah. You're going to lose half the conference. If it's 
one game a week on Fox on Friday night to replace Rasslin, I think you're going to lose half the conference. Well, that's why I think this whole concept of not having it work out with Amazon was such a problem because initially... Yeah, yeah I would agree. You know, and, and we talked about this if you go back on the channel. Like, you know, initially in this process, going all in with Amazon was definitely an option. That was something that well, was... Well, it was for sure an option. Yeah, I mean, that was a conversation sure. that was on the table. And, and at least with Amazon, you know, you, you've already got paying subscribers and yeah. revenue and it's built into ever almost every american's life has amazon in it in in some you know form or fashion and i think you know when i look at amazon i i, I look at that and i say hey there's at least some more options here i mean I, I i it's easy to make the case that hey prime video is much more prolific in americans lives than apple tv is certainly and and so i was disappointed to hear when we did hear that Amazon was no longer at the table, that Amazon was gone, that Amazon was not particularly interested in doing a deal anymore. So to me, I look at the pack and I say, dude, you're in a world of hurt. And, and you know, the likes of Kenzano and everyone else who were, you know, yep. jumping on the bandwagon last week about a grant of rights being done, even though it's physically impossible for your grant of rights to be done without a media deal. Like, you know, I, I don't know why we feel the need to do that. And I don't know why we feel the need to try to throw a survival ring into a conference that's drowning in the ocean. Like you're not bringing this conference back unless presidents start making concessions. And to that, I say, why in the hell would Oregon and Washington specifically make concessions on this TV deal? Why would you do that? Why, why would Colorado or Utah or Arizona why would any of the premier brands in the Pac-12, regardless of what you think about the conference, the premier brands in the Pac-12 who could go to another conference, Big 12 or Big 10, doesn't matter. Why would you take concessions? Why would you take less money yeah, to know. be in this conference? Because you don't have a good commissioner. You don't have revenue. You're not relevant. There's not a lot of reasons to stay other than the educational piece. That's the only thing they have. So I don't know. I don't know why you'd stay. More of your comments on the Pac-12 coming up after we hear from the advocates. I was involved in a hit and run accident. My chiropractor recommended me to the advocates. They completely took care of everything. Now that my case has been settled, I feel like I can go back to my normal life. All thanks to the advocates. UtahAdvocates.com, theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business. Guys, I tell you every single day, you got hurt at work today, please don't rely on your, your, your workman's comp attorney. Don't rely on your boss saying you, hey, bud, we got you. We're going to take care of you. Because they don't have an incentive to take care of you. What they have is an incentive to pay you as little as possible. Certainly not what you deserve. Go to the advocates where they never require you to pay up front. You don't pay the advocates unless and until they win your case. So you have absolutely nothing to lose by going to the advocates, theadvocates.com, and chatting with a, a, a professional workman's comp attorney live online for free, 24 hours a day, seven days a week at theadvocates.com. Rowdy every point. Fox already lost three to four hundred million on the Pac-12 network. That could be. I don't know the number exactly, but Pac-12 network partners have lost significant money. I think we all agree on that. And I think you look at, I think one of the other problems you're going to have is this situation with Comcast is not going away. And according to mm -hmm. John Wilner at the San Jose Mercury News, it's only getting more expensive. So if it's $7 million per school, 
dude. Like it's a lot of money that they're rebating back to people. Yes. And really it's that they're not getting the checks that they're they thought they were getting. They're not even realizing it. Yeah, they don't get the money. Comcast is holding out on that money. And I think that's very difficult to, to accept. And you start looking at this USC Holiday Bowl, or excuse me, UCLA Holiday Bowl suit. Like you, it, Who's named in that suit? It's not just UCLA. It's the Pac-12. Who's the Pac-12? All 12 of these teams. Yep. And who's going to have to pay that freight? All 12 of these teams. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and by the way, you're burning a bridge at a bowl that has really served your conference well. It's ugly any way you slice it. And yeah. I don't think, again, I will say the same thing because I see all the comments saying that we said the conference was dying. I've never told you that. What I've told you is if it's $25 million or less, you're going to lose half this conference. If it comes in at $25 million or more, I think you're going to lose a member or two. Arizona and Colorado seem to be the betting favorite. If it's $24.9 million, a penny under 25, I think you're going to lose half the conference. Mm-hmm. Because it just is not sustainable. And it, I think the biggest concern I have is that Washington State meeting happened last week. And an administrator from another Pac-12 school reached out to me and was like, dude, we're getting a live look at our future. This is a code 10 aboard. Like we're, we're watching what can happen when you don't handle your business correctly. Yeah. And the, the questions and the comparisons between Cal and Washington State are absolutely valid and justified. Mm-hmm. The, the rationale for UCLA going to the Big Ten are absolutely justifiable. When you watch Kirk Schultz beg and plead and spin his financial losses in what some people describe as overspending in the athletics department. When you spend more than you projected... They made the they Dude. made budget projections based on what they were told they were going to get and um, they never got it. And it crippled the smaller schools in the conference. Yeah. It's hard to get away from that. Larry Pilgrim says with the Big Ten SEC editions, linear space for ACC Pac twelve, Big Twelve shrink, which is why it was so critical for the Big Twelve to get out in front of it. Yeah. No doubt. Who's getting linear space? Fox Sports two isn't a casual cert, casual cert. No, it's not. There, the linear space, and I, I hope people understand this, the FS1s and the Fox Sports 2s are not linear. When we talk about linear TV, TV that is readily available to everybody. Yeah. ESPN is available to everybody. ABC, Fox, available to everybody. FS1, you got to go looking for baseball game of the week. You got to go. It, it, it's no different than ESPN versus ESPN News, Right. ESPN News is on a different tier. You got to pay for it. ESPN pretty much comes with every, any cable or satellite package you get is going to have ESPN. It's in every hotel in room and every bar and every office and so, every, you know. This idea that, hey, it's linear TV because four letters or three letters are in front of it is not true. Yeah. Not true. And the, and the other thing you got to remember is if, if I say to somebody, hey, I'm on ESPN. Well, h- h- where do you want me to send the check? If I say, hey, I'm on the Ocho. Uh, I'm sorry, what was that? We're, um, on, we're on ESPNU. Um, we're on um, CBS Sports Network. Um, They're going to have to go find that. Yeah. It's not a rubber stamp yes anymore for branding. It's not a rubber step yet, stamp yes for advertising. Yeah. It's what you talk about all the time. Yeah, and I think that, 
you know, ESPN is, is is being really smart about how they're transforming their business. They understand that very smart. You know, ESPN, the big boy ESPN and the big boy ABC are staples of their business, but they understand that that the younger generation knows how to use ESPN Plus. And furthermore, they understand that the younger generation is not trained on how to use a TV. They're trained on how to use their smartphone and their their MacBook or Windows device. That's what they're trained on. They know how to navigate stream-based material. And I think that we're going to see, and this is just my opinion, but I believe that we will see a Mm -hmm. major push to streaming once Gen Z gets a little bit older and gets into their prime earning years. Because what's going to happen is Gen Z is not going to be heavy DirecTV consumer, heavy, you know... uh, Oh, assimilation's a big deal. Acceptance. yeah. Yeah. Acceptance is a big deal. I cannot tell you how many times we talk to people and they're like, yeah, I don't get it. Or, oh, I know YouTube. And they have no idea what they're talking about. Or, hey, I know streaming. And they don't know what that means. Or, like, when, routinely people ask us, hey, well, what's going to happen with the, the Pac-12 TV deal? Well, streaming and, oh, you mean like ESPN? No. Streaming is not ESPN. So many people... And I think it is, you know, my generation, I'm 50 years old. I just turned 50. So like, I think my generation does not widely use YouTube for uh, in consumption. Mm -hmm. I think that some people, I think if you're 18 right now, if you're 18 to 54, I think you use it significantly. Yeah. I think the people ahead of us in their late 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s have trouble with streaming in general. Engine Netflix, you name it. I think people have trouble with it in general. And I think when you talk about the acceptance level and the ease of use, mm-hmm. yeah, I think there's real questions about, about you know, hey, does, does grandma know how to get Jimmy's game on Apple TV? Well, it's on her phone. Yeah, but she didn't know how to use her phone. That's the untrained eye. I can't tell you how many people it's probably 10 people a month who will ask me how to use an iPhone feature. Like, we'll just be like the other night at the, the RSL match, the guy was fumbling around with his Venmo. Like I'm trying to tip a valet on Venmo. Mm -hmm. And it's like that kid's 22 years old. And he doesn't know. I'm like, it's not as simple as people make it out to be. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's funny. There was an interesting stat that talked about how YouTube is the number one podcast platform. Yeah, I said it. YouTube is the number one podcast platform. Bro, what are you think, talking about, man? Hey, I'm gonna. I need a podcast. Uh, I'm gonna go to the Spotify. Far greater the number of answers up. I'm going to YouTube to watch the Monty Show. Mm-hmm. Even though we're not a podcast, and I totally get that. And we do an audio podcast. Knock yourself out. But I don't even it. think people understand the concept between podcast live stream sports talk show. That's I don't a think concept they do either. That I think people just don't understand. I I totally I would agree with that. Uh, Truck Stop Gumby says pod people. The Nye guy says class in 91. Shout out. What's up, 91? Screw all you 2003 years. <laughs> um, William Lorig says, I don't watch South Carolina football. They are not relevant. Ouch. Ouch. Uh, Larry Pilgrim says Pac-12 is available through YouTube. If they did a deal with Google, that would be, you know. J.K. Marshall says, Monty, nobody is disagreeing with you. No, they're not. They're not. Dwight Lilly, 
ESPN lost 8 million subscribers in 2021, 10% of it overall subscriber base. Do you have any? You, yeah, next comment. You have no idea what you're talking about, dude. You don't know what you're talking about. God. <laughs> and I think it's important to clarify this point because I think this is just a lack of education. I'm not calling you stupid. I think this is a lack of education. People don't understand that ESPN for the longest time, and I hope I still have the graphic, ESPN for the longest time did not migrate to streaming. They were like, oh man, we got to keep people. But help me with the number. I think the, they make $400 million a quarter. No, it's more on ESPN Plus. Yes, on streaming. Dude, they're not, and I, I, you go look at the numbers. They're out there. ESPN is not struggling financially. ESPN is not laying people off because they lost subscribers. That is complete and total bullshit. And anybody telling you, well, hey man, chapter 11's on the tape. You have no idea what you're talking about. You, it, if you truly believe that chapter 11 might be on the table as the numbers worsen. ESPN gained 400,000 subs. ESPN Plus gained 400,000 subs in uh, Q1. Dudes, do you understand? $25.3 million in revenue off of that. Do you understand the money that they make from streaming just on ESPN Plus? They're $7 billion a quarter at Disney on streaming. I said $7 billion a quarter at Disney streaming. ESPN is not struggling. They're not struggling. They're not in financial trouble. They're not laying people off because they're in financial trouble. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know how many more times, and it's all out there on the internet. Jimmy Pataro, the president of ESPN, has talked widely about this. They are being mandated as part of a Disney pushdown, and I think it's 7,000 jobs Disney's cutting or something like that. They are mandated to lay people off. They have, they're not, they don't have a need. Their profit margin is ridiculous at ESPN. They are one of the most profitable units. And now ESPN Plus, and this is what people don't talk about with these cord cutting numbers. You're assuming that those people just stopped watching ESPN. You understand that every time somebody signs up for YouTube TV, every single time, I think it's $25, Every single time that somebody opens a YouTube, YouTube TV account, ESPN gets $25. And the average person paying for ESPN, just straight up across the board, including stuff like that, the average is $5 per sub they get. You guys understand the money that they make and they don't, before they ever get out of bed, Yeah. ESPN's making money. Every Let that sink in and I'm, I'll, I'll find the number. I can't remember what it is specifically, but every time somebody signs up for YouTube TV, they get a paycheck. That's, they're not hurting financially. This comment they have, is so wrong. Bro, they have 24.9 million subs, <laughs> according to front office sports. It's crazy. So, yeah, that'd be, uh, what would that be? 120, or no, 1.2 
billion dollars in revenue off of their current ESPN sub count right now. I think if that if my it's, math is correct on that, you guys, it the money is it's unfathomable. I mean, the money that they make, the it, it's, and I don't know how to fix it. I don't know why, and I guess I do know why. It's just being naive. It's just not understanding the process. It, it's like you're talking about lost eight million subscribers in 2021, wholly two years ago, and. Again, I would just point out to you, okay, so you cut the cord, where did you go? Jake, you cut the cord, where did you go? YouTube TV. And ESPN got paid. If you go to ESPN Plus, ESPN gets paid. Yeah. If you go to Hulu, ESPN gets paid. Yes. Like that, if you, like a lot of people who cut the cord go to DirecTV, let's say, DirecTV Streaming. They offer a service where you stream, you, ESPN gets paid. It, it's not a question of... Yeah, $5.64 per paying customer at ESPN is an all-time high. For their average customer nets them $5.64. Like... That's crazy money, dude. Like, just telling you, man. Yeah, Delaric. I get ESPN Plus through my package with Hulu and Disney Plus. Exactly yep. right. Yep. Exactly right. And by the way, if ESPN is in such a terrible place, why <laughs> is it that Disney is using profits from ESPN to cover Disney Plus's ass? It's it, it you guys, the the streaming money cuz what happens inevitably is people just don't cancel subscriptions. They don't cancel subscriptions. So you're like, okay, well, you know, at, let, you guys, I'm telling you, the average monthly revenue per paying subscriber is $5.64 in 2019. It was $4.67. It's now $5.64. Do you understand the, the, the jump of a dollar over three years? That's incredible money. It's incredible money, dudes. So yeah, they're they're not hurting whatsoever. They have 25 million subs. On, uh, that's the that's the widely reported number right now. They have 25 million subs. Man, that's to a lot ESPN of money. Plus, and that's just a Google search. That's just a like front office sports. I think it was it's right here. Revenue for linear networks, including ESPN, was down seven percent to six point six billion. Operating losses at ESPN Plus and Disney have significantly decreased because of growth in subscribers at ESPN Plus, right? Domestic cable revenue dropped 4%. Man, they're way off to $5.6 billion. Come on, guy. $5.6 billion, right? So, and in this, this is a front office sports I'm quoting. Despite the marginal improvements... The picture is uh, far from rosy at uh, far. The picture at Disney is far from rosy. The company triggered multiple rounds of layoff, which include ESPN. Because Bob Iger across the Disney plat uh, portfolio is looking to save $5.5 billion. So he's going to take one of his more profitable units and do that. And oh, by the way, they gained 10 cents per subscriber in the first quarter alone. 
their 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 profit per prescribe uh, subscriber went up ten cents a quarter in one quarter. Yeah, dude, come on. ESPN's just fine. Dude. ESPN's not struggling, yo. They they are not struggling. Uh, ESPN Carl gives us five dollars. So ESPN has a plan to make new uh, standalone app that will feature all of the main ESPN channel content and live programming. What they're what they are modeling right now is they are they are trying to figure out if there is an appetite in consumer country for live sports play by play on its own in an app where you will subscribe and you will get every play by play property. In addition to ESPN Plus. Oh, so you'll pay ten more dollars a month to get every play by play we offer. So the whole channel switching thing goes away. Or like the, they're modeling different things because they know that consumers want different things. All right, real quick, YouTube TV includes Big Ten, SEC, and ACC networks. No additional subscription requirement. They have never considered the Pac twelve network. Yeah, it's a bummer, dude. It is it is a excuse me, it's a total bummer. All right, uh, the Monty Show this hour presented by our good friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Make sure you use the promo code MONTY25 when you get the marinara meatball. At Papa Murphy's, we do more than just pizza. We do meatballs and marinara. Actually, I do the meatballs and marinara. And how do you do it, Dad? How do I do it? How do I do it? Order now at PapaMurphy's.com. Use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more. NBA Finals, do the Denver Nuggets win tonight? Jake, what say you? Yeah, you know, I, I do think that they will end it tonight. I, I, I think the struggle is, is that, you know, there's this whole Tyler Hero narrative for the Heat. You know, people are saying, oh, well, Tyler Hero's coming back. Like, he's he's going to be the difference maker. And, and to that, I say, I, I just don't think that that's accurate or true. I mean, Tyler Hero's been out for how long? Uh, I doubt, you know, you don't ever just come back. Nobody comes back and they're instantly in game shape. They're instantly ready to go. So it would take a special performance out of Tyler Hero. But but I think this conversation around, you know, Jimmy Butler and, and his performance in the NBA Finals needs to be had. Jimmy hasn't been the same guy. He hasn't been Hemi Butler, as they say. And, and I think that's really why the Heat are struggling. There are a number of other things, you know, not not shooting the three well, you know, not not rebounding well, not executing well. Those are all things that the Heat are 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 dealing with. But but again, I just look at you know, you look at the last box score, you know, and and I I look at this and I say, dude, like I'm looking at field goal percentages for Denver, fifty percent from three. Like you're not going to win an NBA game allowing your opponent to shoot fifty percent. Meanwhile, what did the Heat shoot? Thirty-two percent, eight of twenty-five. So not only not only are you not shooting it well from three, you were only eighty-five percent from the line. By the way, I I look at I look at uh, I look at Denver, and they're in a situation where they're just they're just playing better basketball overall. And then that takes me to this Jokic MVP conversation, which I'm just sick and tired of. All day, all night, everyone's like, hey, Jokic is actually the MVP. He's the best player. He's everyone's slice of bread. He's amazing. He should have won the MVP. And I'm sitting here saying, hey, the MVP is a regular season award. Has Jokic played well? Yeah, Jokic has played well. Have they had an easier path through the playoffs? Yeah, they have. But they've that they shouldn't be penalized for that. They've dominated the teams they've played. But I look at the Heat, and the Heat have shown an ability to beat this team. My frustration is, is that 
the Miami Heat have not executed. The Miami Heat have not done what they needed to do to win these games. There is a way to beat the Denver Nuggets. And Jokic, stopping Jokic is not the way. Yes, limiting him, sure. Making it so that he doesn't have a 40-point triple-double, yeah, that's going to help you win games. Jamal Murray is the spear. Man, he is the head of the spear of this team. And I look at last the, this last game, man, and, and he didn't have some blowout game, right? 15 points, but the 12 assists is what I look at, and I'm like, man, like, he tore you guys up. Defensively, you were not prepared. Defensively, you were not ready. And, and I love that Spolstra got them here, but they have not been playing good basketball against this team. And that's why I say, like, I look at this game tonight. Dude, this series is over. You're going, you're going back to Denver, and, and you think that you're, you're going to beat this team at their place at altitude. I just don't see how in any way, shape, or form you win this game tonight. It's over. Yeah, it's over. By the way, I was floating right there. Um, I don't know that I'm ready to say it's over. I think when you look at the NBA Finals, I think the biggest issue is Jamal Murray's the best player and the most important player in this series, in my and the best player is probably strong. He's been the best player in the series. He has been better than Jimmy's been. It's been close. But I think that Jamal Murray is certainly the most important player for the Denver Nuggets. And you're asking them to cover 8.5, 210 tonight. I think they'll win this game by 15, 20 points. I'm not even kidding. Really? Yeah, so this, you this think the Heat are going to quit? I don't think the Heat are going to quit. I just think they're not prepared. They're not They're not ready. They're, they're, they're like, like the narrative of... Hey, we're we're gonna fight till the end. Yeah, that sounds like hey, you know the game's over before you've even played it. Wow, that sounds like that. Wow, like I, I'm tired of hey, yeah, this is a gritty team that's gonna find the way. No, you're not finding a way against this team. It's gonna take 40 out of Jimmy. It's gonna take 20 out of Tyler Hero. Wow, Max wow, Struess wow. is actually gonna have to show up for once in his life. Like this team hasn't played their best basketball in this series. And I and I I just don't think that being down 3-1 going back to Denver is a recipe for success. I don't see how how this series continues. Yeah, I think I think I mean if you're betting, the hard part is the only question here is do the Nuggets cover cuz you're going to bet the you're going to bet the Nuggets to win. I don't think there's any way that you would put your money on the Miami Heat. Mhm. Um, I 15 to 20 would be shocking, shocking. I mean, you're getting hero back tonight. Uh, Tyler hero is allegedly going mm -hmm. to play. I have a hard time believing and buying into this idea that they're going to lose by 15 or 20. Jimmy Butler doesn't quit on anything or anybody. I don't think he's going to quit. I just think that he can't do it on his own and the bench hasn't shown up. I, man, if you lose by 15 in a decisive game five, you quit. Your team collapsed. And I understand they've had a long, tough road to get here. Mm -hmm. I understand that. I still am not buying that this team is, is going to lose by 15 or 20. Mm -hmm. I will, obviously, I'm going to predict, I'm going to predict that Denver wins. I think it's by three, four points. I think it's going to be a dogfight. I think Tyler Hero gives them a bit of a lift. Guys like Tyler Hero, when they get back, usually shoot the lights out. So I think that's going to be... Gary agrees with you. He says uh, Denver by 30. Okay. Okay. 
Okay. That feels aggressive. Jet Wayman, the uh, in-house bookie on the Monty Show, is here. Jet, what's up? Um, Scott of Greywater Watch says MPJ hasn't played at all. Well, hasn't played well at all yet. He has not. I agree with that. Totally agree with that. Yeah. Um, Brady Cook, what's up? Says Heat need to play better defense. I would say so. Uh, Greg Hawkins says sup casuals. What's up? Um, I am going to say that this game is going to go under. Mm -hmm. I feel like this is one of those 100 to 96 games. Man, I, yeah. Yeah. We just look at this game differently. I don't, I don't think you're keeping Denver to a hundred points at home. I don't think that's happening. I, I think, I think they're, you know, certainly 110 at home. If you were 108 on the road, you're probably 110, 112 at home. I have Yeah, to but think. you grip a little bit more when you're playing for a championship, right? Yeah. I yeah. think it's yeah. Nikola Jokic is clearly going to play, as everybody knew. But let's see how that ankle is, because that was a bit of a gnar ankle tweak, mm-hmm. right? I think they're going to score a little less because I think Miami is going to do what they can do. And Tyler Hero being back helps them defensively. Though he's not a great defender. Uh, but he is an effort guy. I think this. I think Denver wins. And I think Miami covers. And I think that it goes under. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, yeah, I think Denver wins. I think they cover the eight and a half. I think they'll win this game by 10. Man, um, you're just not here for the heat. No, dude. I'm not, dude. I'm not. I love it. Because if you were going to change something, you would have changed it at home. You you would not have lost 108 to 95. You're not in that game. You're not it's not competitive. You're not Right, but nobody said Miami's better than Denver. Right, but my point is is that you got to at least show me some fight. Like you got to at least like I believe they could go in game 1 and beat Denver. Like, I thought, hey, all right, you're going to steal game one. Denver had been off for a while. Okay. Big opportunity there. But that didn't happen. And then you had to bounce back and win game two. And you just I haven't would agree. been. I, I just don't feel like the Heat have been competitive in this series. I don't feel like the games were really ever in doubt that Denver was going to win. And so the question is, okay, well, when you're when you're outmatched a little bit, how do you overcome that? Well, you got to shoot the lights out from three. You got to have Max Struess. You got to have Caleb Martin. You got to have, obviously, Tyler I would agree Hero. With that. Like, you got to have, you know, you can't have 8 of 25 from 3. Like, uh, n- no disrespect, but that's flat-out embarrassing at home to shoot 8 of 25. Yeah, I just wouldn't bet this game. That's my official Monty makes you money. Put the, put the money back in your pocket, yo. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, I think you, if you're going to bet, please bet Denver. Uh, Jansen, I wish this series was better. I hate series blowouts. Yeah, me yeah, too. Same. Uh, Jet Wayman, I might be wrong, but I think the Heat take this one. See, I want to lean that way. I want to believe that way, but I just can't. I can't. I just think that Denver Jokic creates so much for his teammates. He just makes so much possible. Yeah. You know, like it's. Yeah. Uh, I. Yeah. But. Miami's going to be back. Woj just tweeted that Eric Spolster said they're going to be into their normal rotations. I think Miami's got a chance. I think Tyler Hero, if he comes out and and shoots the lights out, I think they have a very good chance to win this game. And I hope he does. I hope it's a tight game. But I just, I have my, I have my doubts. Okay. You know, I have my doubts. Okay. Okay. 
Boyd Lake, the SEO king of America, going to be a celebration in Denver tonight. The Nye guy says, uh, better check the smoker, Monty, because the heat are perfectly smoked <coughs> and ready for sauce. Denver by 15. <coughs> Monty owes a ribeye. Have you paid my man his ribeye yet? I haven't we have seen not him, man. seen him yet. Just haven't seen him. We have not seen him yet. Um, let's see. Do you guys, uh, let's see. Tom Dubay. Do you guys know what your record of on NBA picks is? This series has been abysmal. Yeah. I have I have pretty much been on the wrong end of every game but one. Um, we were pretty good in the regular season in the playoffs. This series has been really tough to call. Yeah. Uh, Boyd Lake says Jokic only needs one leg. Yeah, and he's got three. So I mean, you feel? Can you measure it? You you feel you, 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 you three legs. Okay. Uh, I think this this argument about Jokic versus Embiid. Mm-hmm. I'm not here for this right because now. Because it's garbage. I think Nikola Jokic is a really good player. This series and this playoff run have nothing to do with the NBA MVP voting. And I don't understand why we have to do this in sports. Mm-hmm. Like we have to rip Joel Embiid apart as some shitty basketball player to make an argument that Nikola Jokic should have won the MVP. Yeah. And it was rigged. and It wasn't rigged. Jo- Joel Embiid justifiably won and I think correctly won the NBA MVP. No doubt about it. And I think Nikola Jokic is still a hell of a player and arguably is the best player in the NBA right now. That doesn't mean that, that Joel Embiid should not have won the MVP. Mm-hmm. That I, I just don't know why we have to be this way with our awards in sports. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I, I it's a regular season award. And yeah, yes. Jokic has gone farther, but like, it just is what it is, and and I I hate that it has to be. Hey, Embiid sucks because Jokic is still playing. It's like no, dude. Like give give Embiid what Jokic has, and let's see how far he goes. You know, like I I I look at I look at the team that they've put together, and I do think they have more talent on the roster than Philly does. I I just don't like I'm taking yeah. like I don't even think it's a fair comparison to be comparing you know Jamal Murray to like. Tyreek Smaxey, let's say, or like, you know, another guard on, like, it's just not a fair comparison. And, and, I agree. and I think everybody wants to say, oh, well, Joel got eliminated. He sucks. And it's like, no, he doesn't suck. He just, that's just how the season worked out, you know? And and I would be really curious to see what people would say if, you know, Denver ends up losing the NBA finals, which isn't going to happen. But if it did happen, what would you say then? Like, that's the hard part. So I, I just, yeah, and, I don't love the conversation. And I think justifiably, he's going to be the NBA Finals MVP. Yeah, I agree with that. He deserves that. Absolutely. He does. Yeah, he deserves that. Um, let's see. Jet Wayman says, Monty owes a ribeye. LOL, we've been super busy. Yeah, it, it's not like yeah. there's any dodging happening. Uh, real quick on Fred Van Vliet. He opted out of his contract today to the surprise of absolutely nobody. Yeah. Seriously. Um, I, he's going to be a Laker. I have to believe. Have to. He is going to be a Laker. And I know half the NBA needs a point guard. If you're the Lakers, does he, he make sense to – is he the – because he feels very much like the the dude. Yeah, I think he makes more sense than Chris Paul does. I, I think, you know, they've both had injuries, but I think, you know, you don't need another superstar in the Lakers. What you need is a guy that can operate for you and is willing to do his job at a really high level and in a reliable fashion. And I look at Van Vliet, the guy can flat out shoot the ball. Uh, the guy knows how to pass, and I think yes. he's been on championship teams. And by the way, I think he'd be a really good fit on a LeBron James-led team. And and I think that's 
for Laker Nation, I think that's the most important thing is finding someone who isn't trying to be, you know, the best player on the team. That you need to find someone who's willing to play a role on the team because that ultimately is what the NBA is. And I know people don't like this conversation, but it is the reality of the NBA. Every roster's got 15 roles to play. Yep. And the the first guy on the list is your best player and does a lot of everything. But also, the 15th guy on your roster could come in and make a defensive stop, and ultimately that puts you in a position to win a championship. Like, that's how the league works. So I look at Van Vliet and I say, yeah, would I have this guy in my starting five? Absolutely. Has he had some injuries? Yes, absolutely he but has. I'm, kinda, I'm done with the Chris Paul part of this. Yeah, I'm over can, it. Can we stop talking about Chris Paul as something other than a guy who's always injured during the playoffs? And, and I, 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 I'm not saying he's had a bad career. I understand the guy's not one, but he is one of the best point guards in the history of basketball. Cool. He's not that guy anymore. Yeah. And I, 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 it wears me out a little bit that we, we do this thing with Chris Paul specifically where it's like, oh, man, if you put him on the Lakers, oh, my God, can you imagine Chris Paul on the Three Dallas Mavericks? This is inaccurate. Oh, my God. Like, no, I can't because he's old and he doesn't stay healthy. Yeah. And Van Vliet is a guy that I think he's intriguing if you're close. Mm-hmm. But if, like, all the Jazz fans tweeting at me, like, should they go after Van Vliet? Absolutely not. That's not, like, does, Fred Van, idiot. Yeah, does Fred Van Vliet make sense for uh, Oklahoma City? No, they don't. No. Like a, a, a Utah Jazz? No. Detroit Pistons? No. Fred Van Vliet makes sense on a team like, and, and I would tell you Dallas. Fred Van Vliet is absolutely the Jalen Brunson that Dallas is looking mm-hmm. for. Right? He absolutely is that guy. The the Chicago Bulls, he's absolutely that guy. Mm-hmm. But not on the Utah Jazz, not on the Orlando Magic, not on the Detroit, not on a rebuilding team. Yeah. He's there right now in Toronto. Right? Like it you have to fit and I think if you're the Lakers, Golden State, like you look at the good teams that are at the top of the threshold, you have to be really savvy here. Really savvy. And if you are the Lakers, you should want the Gary Trents to come with Fred Van Vliet. Yes. In my opinion, you don't want... Like, Pascal Siakam's a nice player. I don't think he's to put you over the top guy. I don't think Pascal Siakam is the guy where you're like, oh, man, if we had Pascal Siakam, we'd have won that series. That's enough of that crap. No, I don't think so. But if you're the Phoenix Suns and you could get Fred Van Vliet, now you're cooking with gas especially if you're able to trade or cut Chris Paul and, and stretch him. Yeah. Now you're cooking with gas because now you're giving a guy in Devin Booker and a guy in Kevin Durant the ability to to get to their favorite spot on the floor every single trip down. Yeah, and Fred Van Vliet has won. Fred Van Vliet knows how to win. Like, he does. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, again, you put him on a, a Phoenix Suns roster and he understands, okay, I need to get these guys the ball, but not just get them the ball. Get them the ball in the right timing, in the right space, so that they're in rhythm and they score more. Like, that's the job of a point guard. Like, that's the stuff that people don't talk about. Like, By the way, if Fred Van Vliet was on the Heat tonight, this would be a different conversation. If Fred Van Vliet was on the Clippers, like, those are the teams that should be like, how are we going to angle for this dude? Because that's the team where he is like, okay. Yeah. Now you you feel like, yeah, this makes a difference. But 
I don't think there's any doubt in my mind the Lakers are the best fit for Van Vliet. Yeah. I think he instantly plugs right in there and yes. fills an absolute gap for them. Yes. You're no longer relying on Dennis Schroeder for three out of the corner. Like Come you're on, not, man. you know, you're you're not relying on Austin Reeves to be your your singular best ball handler. Is it Troy Brown? It, it, like right? Like you're you're that makes a lot more sense to me. Yeah. For him to go to the Lakers. Like you're not going after Kyrie. I, I at least I don't think so. Because Kyrie doesn't seem to want to leave Dallas. I say, okay, great. Instead of Van Vliet, put Kyrie back in there. Let them figure it out for a year. They're probably a better team, right? Van Vliet on the Lakers makes them awfully difficult. Yeah. Awfully difficult Absolutely. to deal with. So yep. that feels like a natural fit to me. Yeah. Uh, OG Gary says the Lakers. Exact, the, like, Ohio State. The. Mm -hmm. uh, Brady Cook, where, well, where does Dame go? And does Kyrie stay? I this I'm worn out on Damian Lillard. I like Damian Lillard. He's a hell of a player. He he gave it away. Now he has been far too loyal to Portland. I just don't believe he's that dude anymore. I don't believe he's that guy. I think if you could get Damian Lillard again, he is is he as good as Fred VanVleet? Yeah, he's better. He's probably better. Yeah, he's better. so all those situations we talked about: Dallas, the LA's, the Phoenixes. Okay, cool. But he's not the guy you're like, yeah, we need a star to build around. That's not Damian Lillard anymore. He's not. He's shown that time and again in Portland that it's just not, you're not that dude, right? He's not the young buck like Zion who's out pounding porn stars all night long. Yeah, I know what time it is. That situation continues to deteriorate. Mm. Um, but he's just not that guy anymore. Yeah. So, and I don't think we should run from that. Damian Lillard is a, is a complimentary player now. In my opinion, I don't think he's the best player on a championship team anymore. Uh, I think he's somewhere in the middle, though. I like he's he's better than Chris Paul right now. He's better than a lot of these older guys that are obviously have miles on them. Like I think I Dame has been injured in Portland, but I I personally believe that he could have played through a lot of those injuries if he was on a championship team. I, I like you're in Portland. Oh, you're boy. on a bad Here team. Here we go. Like you're not incentivized to play through that stuff. So to me, yeah, he is injury prone. And I think part of that was, Hey, he was not going to go way out of his way for a team that was going to be in the lottery. Here we go. So I think he's still got plenty of life left in him. <laughs> I, I hate this. I hate this conversation so much. If Damian Lillard didn't play when he was able to play, I don't want him on my team at all. Yeah. I don't want him on my team at all. I think it, it is for a guy that I'm going to play, pay $48.8 million, your ass better play every single opportunity you get. Mm -hmm. And if you're taking off games because, well, we're, we're not very good. Yeah, I'm, I, I think I'm it's just not like chill. I'm not saying the guy took off games. I'm I saying look that really it's, good it's in not, these jeans. I'm saying, hey, my groin is sore. I'm not going to try and play through that. I'm going to chill because I'm on a bad team. I don't want him on my team. If that's wow. if that's who Damian Lillard is, I don't want him on my team. I, in all honesty, like you're paying this guy $176.2 million. Get your ass on the floor, man. Like you got you to gotta play. I'm paying you. I, 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 yeah, I don't know. I, I think he is part of the problem is part of the problem is I think he's injured all the time. I think Dame Lillard is a guy 
who misses too many damn games. And mm-hmm. it, and it, it, he's a guy who's made an F ton of money in his career. I would expect Damian Lillard to play more. That That's what I would say. And I love that, oh, I love Portland and it's my home and I want to finish my career here. Then I don't want to hear you question. Congratulations, yeah, but I, that's bullshit. I don't want to hear you questioning what the organization's doing. Because remember, you love Portland and it's your home and you want to finish your career there. So I don't want to hear about, oh, my back hurts, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my final. Uh, you know what? I back think is just, broken. This dick weights too much. It's I maybe, broke my back. It's that lower disc lumbar thing. Can you go ahead and rub on that? Ow. <laughs> Probably too much. <laughs> Ow. 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 Okay, real quick. We got to talk about that. So did you guys hear about John Sterling, the Yankee? This is so bad. This, did you guys hear about this story with John Sterling? He got hit in the face with a foul ball. And I, and I, I, don't, I don't know how. Now the 3-2 swung on. A pop foul back here. Ow! 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 It really hit me. I didn't know it was coming back that far. Was, you were staring at it. Ow! You were staring at it. What do you Ow. mean? What do you mean? Ow. You didn't know. It really hit me. You didn't. You, you were. You guys. Now the three-two swung on a look pop at, foul. Look at him staring at the back ball. Here. Ow. Ow. <laughs> Ow. Ow. It really hit me. I didn't know it was coming back that far. And your answer is ow. 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 It really hit me. Ow. Ow. What is what are we talking about, Dame here? Come on. Are you serious, bro? You're looking at it. You are looking Ow. at it. You're watching the ball come Ow. at your face. And you're like, oh my god, it hit Ow. me! Ow! It really hit me. That's a kick in the balls. Ow! 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 Ow. <laughs> meow. Is it he tell me that dude doesn't Ow. Meow. Ow. Right meow. Ow. Ow. <laughs> like, tell me that doesn't sound like he's doing a cat thing. Meow. Dude. Ow. Meow. Ow. Tender vittles. Ow. Meow. Ow. Ow. <laughs> Bro, is it the butt you're what? Like, you're, you guys, you guys, just, just watch it. Just watch his eyes. Now the three, two, swung on. Guys, a pop look at foul. He's looking back at the here. ball. Ow. You watched it, it really hit me. I didn't know it was coming back that far. Oh. Ow. Meow. 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 Like you watched Ow. it. Like you watched it land, bro. Yeah. How how does this happen? Can, can I just ask that question? How hey, in the hell does that happen? I didn't see it coming back here. Um. Kicked me right in the dick. Had no idea it was coming. It back really here. hit me. I mean, dude, I've watched baseball for a lot of years. Didn't know you had to watch the ball. Ow. <laughs> Meow. Ow. <laughs> oh, wow. That ball's hard. Ow. <laughs> Meow. It really hit me. Dude, tender vittles on this fucking face. <laughs> Meow. Ow. Ow. Dude, like. Yeah, I, I I don't know what dude was thinking. Like it literally hits you in the face, and he just keeps saying "ow, 
You didn't look at the ball. That's out. Now the 3 2 swung on. A pop foul back here. Ow. 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 It really hit me. I didn't know it was coming back that far. Like the speed. You're bro. looking at the ball and you just said coming back here. Ow. Meow. Ow. Ow. Where did this thing happen? Got hit right in the face by that ball. And it really hit me. Holy shit, I speak cat. Ow. Meow. Ow. <laughs> oh, John Sterling's amazing. Love you, bro. I love John. Amazing. Like, ow. Look at that. Like, dude. In the ow. face. Ow. Ow. Dude. Ow. Because you're ow. old. John, you're ow. old. <laughs> Never seen anything like it. No, never seen. I've caught foul balls in 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 St. Louis. The the press box is all the way up on top, dude. Sitting in the radio booth in St. Louis, caught a screamer Mm -hmm. from Scott Rowland right off his bat. Dude, Frank Thomas in Chicago at at the uh, old U.S. Cellular crap hole. Mm -hmm. Um, caught a foul like it. It hurts, dude. Yeah. So to get hit in the face like that, I almost give him credit. I do. All right. Man. Tucker? No, oh, Jesus. Or Cowherd? Cow! <laughs> uh, Colin Cowherd. Hey, Cowherd. He says, Cowherd says that CNN wanted him for a talk show. Jeff Zucker's a really interesting guy, really smart guy. Uh, they had Pierce Morgan, and I came in and kind of deconstructed how I would do the show if I did that show. Uh, not that I was going to replace him, but I I just thought the day of an interview show was over. I mean, outside of about six guests, you can't do an internet show. I said, if I was doing Pierce's show, it would be like Bill Maher. It would be a 12-minute opening rant. I'd have about four comedy writers. I pitched that, by the way, to John Skipper, mm. uh, which was a show at night with comedy writers they they offered it i think to seth myers i was told mm. but that i that i thought the day of an internet show was over and i told zucker that would you hire colin cowherd i say um, colin cowherd hey cow turd would you hire cow turd hey cow turd to replace piers morgan to do an interview show mm. well I think can't hurt anything. I don't watch Cow Turd now. I think the answer is hell no. Hey, Cow Turd. And I I do think it's really interesting that I I can't remember the last time I watched Colin Cowherd. Jake does not allow me to touch the remote in the studio. He has it on his side of the table. Mm -hmm. He has our full respect. And he forces me to watch Jim Rome every day. Uh huh. Clones. And so I don't watch Cowherd. I, I watch Pat McAfee or Jim Rome usually during the day. Yeah. We kind of flip between the two, if we're being honest. But I don't, I can't imagine Colin Cowherd doing a political news interview show. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Like, if you're like, you know, and in the comments you guys listen to, like, think about like, you know, like Dan Patrick. Doing a political interview show. Couldn't even imagine it. Can't imagine it, right? Couldn't like, even imagine like, think it. Think about like 
you know, yeah, I guess Cowherd or or Rich Eisen doing a political interview show. I mean, I can't. It's an odd fit. Yeah, like it's just weird. Like I don't like I, again. I'm not a Cowherd guy at all. But you know, the idea of him switching platform, like or switching genres, I guess I should say. Hey, Cowherd. Like I can't, I can't get down with that, dude. You're a sports guy, not a politics guy. Uh, I think we try to get people to do things that they're not comfortable doing. And I think it's very difficult to to get guys to do that. And I You're out of your freaking mind. One of the failures at CNN, and really, frankly, one of the failures at Fox has been to understand the impact your talent has on your audience. Yeah. And I think if you'd have put Colin Cowherd in for Piers Morgan, that would have been a, a, an abject failure. Now, yeah. I mean, who have they had at night? Don Lemon? That show was terrible. Yeah. And now he turned out to be, you know, a, a terrible coworker, and they fired him. Because it's garbage. But you don't have the, the problem at CNN and Fox, like, and this is the same thing with, with Tucker Carlson. You almost don't have to care about their, their political views. You look at Tucker, it's awfully difficult to say they're suffering because Tucker's not there anymore. Mm -hmm. They've lost significant viewership. Mm -hmm. It's awfully difficult to say that... CNN is not suffering because they're not talented. They don't have talent or enough talent on their network. Yeah. It's awfully difficult to argue that point. Well, and I think, you know, I look at, it's not only just the talent, but I think it's how these different networks, you know, evaluate what their talent's doing and what they ask their talent to do. I, I, I go back and, and again, I'm, I'm not interested in having a political debate, but I think it's fascinating when we look at, Colin in this proposition, I look at that, that Caitlin Collins town hall and, and, and no. look, Caitlin's my girl. I love Caitlin Collins, like beautiful woman. I think overall really good at her job, but that is not what she does. It's not like asking her to get in a fight with someone like Donnie is not an, a good proposition, bro. But that's what ultimately got Chris licked the, the, the boss at CNN for 15 seconds fired. He's gone. You made a horrible decision to try and put whatever that lineup was together. You got fired for it. I think you look at the Murdochs and the situation at Fox, like you're in an ugly, you're in an ugly battle now with Tucker Carlson. Yeah. There's there's no way now to walk this back because Tucker is falling victim to what many people in the industry have fallen victim to. Well, you got fired by Fox while you were under contract. You cannot do a talk show anywhere else. Boom, out of here. Whether it's for 60 seconds or 60 minutes, you're not, you, as far as Fox is concerned, you're not going to do Tucker on Twitter. And they dropped a cease and desist on him and on Elon saying Tucker Carlson is not allowed to be doing Tucker Carlson on Twitter. We're in a control position. And they have him under contract. Yeah. And they fired him for cause, which means he has to honor the terms of his contract. Yep. And it is, the real problem is, is that we're in this position now where our, our news, news can't be trusted. Because you, no matter where you go, NBC, ABC, CNN, Fox, MSNBC, mm -hmm. there's all they all have agendas. They've been exposed for that now, through unfortunately through court documents. You've been exposed for that. Yep. Yep. So as Americans and as viewers, 
we don't have anywhere to go. Yeah. So what are we going to do in the absence of leadership? Somebody's going to step in and lead. And usually for the American consumer, it's Netflix or it's, you know, if you're a diehard news guy or if you're one of those guys who loves talking head shows, you're going to wind up with Alex Jones or you're going to wind up, you know, wherever it is you decide to go. Mm -hmm. But it won't be Fox and it won't be CNN and it won't be MSNBC because they have horribly mismanaged their talent. Yeah. And I, I, the, the other thing today, did you guys hear about The Athletic? Mm. The Athletic today laid off 20 writers. Ow! And I think one of the interesting things is that you knew this was inevitable, in, hello? inevitable the day The Athletic launched. Because mm-hmm. you can't throw the money away and lose money and just burn that shit up, whether you're live golf or The Athletic. Yeah. You can't just set money on fire and think there are not going to be repercussions for that. Back to the envelope calculations. Because I think we all also understand that for better or for worse, profit or loss, The Athletic was some pretty damn good journalism. Yes, it was. And I look at guys like Tony Jones. I look at guys like Ken Rosenthal. Scott Bordeaux in Phoenix. I look at some of the guys that work at The Athletic and I say to myself, that's some really good journalism. Mm Mm-hmm. But today you laid off 20 pretty good writers. And why is that? Well, because you can't set money on fire and think that there's no repercussion for it. And Boom. Out of here. the problem is we don't read newspaper anymore. Yeah. Ah, well, The Athletic wasn't a newspaper. It was a digital property. So again, I go back to the Pac-12 TV question. Why am I going to pay for it? Give it to me for free and have exponential growth, and that's how you make money on it. But the idea that you're going to have a paywall that I can't get beyond unless I subscribe, and by the way, I do subscribe to The Athletic for Tony Jones and and Ken Rosenthal, if we're being honest. The idea that I'm going to continue to do that if one of those two guys leaves, Ken or Tony, mm-hmm. pretty absurd. Mm-hmm. And if you give it to me for free, I'd read it every day. But you won't because you don't believe in your, your business organization. And you won't pay as much because you still want to profit. And I think the, the big conundrum for people like the Pac-12 is you're not the Las Vegas Golden Knights. You're not the Utah Jazz. You're supposed to cover those teams, but yet... People like beat writers in local cities want to talk about what Donovan Mitchell was talking to the Dallas Mavericks bench about, so I unsubscribed from the Salt Lake Tribune because it turned out to be a lie. Mm -hmm. At The Athletic, I just think that it was too expensive and the content wasn't compelling enough outside of a handful of really good writers. But that's always been the industry, right? I mean, when it comes to writers, it, it it's, it's about, hey, it, you're not just writing a piece. It's it's how you go about it, just like anything else. And, and I think, you know, guys like Tony and Ken and some of these other guys that are, are elite at their profession are always going to be elite at their profession. And I think, again, it comes back to this whole concept of uh, the, the people you're trying to get to are not as interested in reading. I'm not I'm not a reader, right? I'm not like video. Bro, we're not on, we're not on Kindle. 
We're on YouTube. That's right. It's video, not not reading. How about I, I have a concept. I think this is an amazing concept. How about the athletic uses their YouTube channel instead of their writers putting out written pieces? How about their writers put out 10 minute, five minute, whatever videos on what they're reporting? How about that? How about we innovate a little bit and and follow the flow of demand and go to video instead of written? That's what I don't understand but, about our world. But the hard part about all of this is this is no different than Fox and CNN. It's true. Fox wanted Colin Cowherd, a sports guy, to replace Piers Morgan doing an interview show. Hey, Cowherd. I would not have watched that. Yeah. Right? You wanted Don Lemon to be your morning show host. Nobody watched that. Yeah. You want Caitlin Collins to moderate a town hall with Donald Trump, and she got rolled. Yeah, you know why everyone watched that? Because she got rolled. Like, Not because she was good. You're trying to you're trying to employ a guy in Tucker Carlson who is privately and somewhat publicly through text messages and emails crushing your company at Fox News. Mm -hmm. And then you fire him and now you're not going to allow him to broadcast in any way, shape or form until his contract runs out, mm -hmm. which is their right. It, it, hey, absolutely. That's their right. It, these non-competes and okay, totally get it. Tucker's going to have to go out on his own. Like you're not going to be able to go to a company and you're going to have a tough time putting together a professional product. It's going to have to be like, hey, here's my little thing. Like, and now it's going to be, and now it's going to be, probably another eighteen months before we see it. Yeah, that and that's the thing that I think. And now everybody wants to blame Fox for this, dude. This is not Fox. This is the industry. Yeah. And I think people don't realize this. This is partially why we don't do radio. This is partially why we're not interested in traditional platforms. Because what do, and again, I think this is a crucial concept, whether we're talking Pac-12 or we're talking The Athletic or Tucker or Colin, what do these big corporate companies want? They want control. They want to be able to, to, to lay the wood to Tucker Carlson. They want to be able to say, hey, we're going to do this whether you like it or not. Like, that's what big corporations want. And you can gift wrap control with things like work from home or like certain benefits or whatever, right? Certain perks and, and things that you can offer people. But ultimately, when you boil it down, Fox is just trying to check a box. They're just trying to put out entertaining product that their people are going to lap up. And whether you agree with Tucker Carlson or not, Tucker Carlson has a following that makes Fox or made Fox, right? In this case, a lot of money. So now yeah. what are they going to do? They're going to say, hey, all those people that watch Tucker Carlson are not going to leave our platform and go to Tuck Twitter with Tucker or whatever the hell it's called, right? They're not doing that. They're not letting Tucker Carlson do that to them, at least for another year, because his deal runs out December 31st of 2024. And... If you're not aware, maybe you are, I don't know. Um, Tucker's contract has language that says he will not appear on another news outlet. And what's wrong with that? Well, it's Twitter, Monty. It's well, not a news outlet. It's well, social media. Well, what? It, somebody forgot to tell Elon that. Right? Because what... <laughs> and this goes back to Elon being the voice in the face and talking about how he wants to be one of the most important sources of news on the planet. 
And it's just so interesting. You look at the landscape of media in our country Mm -hmm. and it's really difficult to win. And I agree with you 100%. You can't put it in writing anymore. It's got to be video. Yeah. You have to have people talking. Yes. And, And there's a lot of people who are not comfortable being on video. And it's a real problem. If you're not comfortable being on video, you're you're real comfortable not having a job. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And the funny thing is, when you're a Ken Rosenthal or you're any of these guys who got whacked, they all had full access to people and just didn't do anything with it. Like if you are covering the NBA finals, I would be doing all kinds of interviews and stand-ups and one-on-ones. And- that's what I mean. I feel like nobody wants to go out and make their own brand. Like... Because it's, it's good for you, and it's good for the athletic. And Tucker, to his credit, now there are some people who think he's going to get fired for what he said about, or or is going to get sued for what he said about people in Ukraine, but mm-hmm. here nor there. Yeah. Um, to his credit, Tucker said, yeah, let's do it, Elon. Let's do a show on, on, on Twitter together. Don Lemon was offered the same thing by Elon Musk. Did he say yes? No, he said no. He said no. Because he wants to sue CNN. You know, like, it's just all this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, To it's Tucker's not- credit, he knows he is wildly popular. And if he waits until after the 2024 election, do you know how much damage that will do to him? Not being able to be seen or heard on a news outlet until after the 2024 election. Jesus. Yeah. The opportunity for a guy like that. Yeah. Like, that's crazy to me. Yeah. That's great. And there's yep. an appetite for his content. Absolutely there is. Whether there, you agree with it or not, it doesn't matter. There's an appetite. And uh, that all this firebrand out of out of Tucker saying that he's going to – he said he's not going to stop. Well, he's going to stop when Elon starts getting pressure from Fox because mm-hmm. they will sue Elon because Elon, it's called, you know, essentially interference, business interference, tortious interference. And they're going to sue. Fox News has a lot of attorneys. They will sue Twitter to make him stop. And they will sue Twitter for damages. And I would guess Elon would stop at the threat of a lawsuit about damages. Yeah. Where he has to pay Fox News. Yeah. That is my guess. Because it, it's, it, it is, you just can't, yeah. you can't do it. Yeah. And allowing allowing Tucker to have that voice on your platform, mm-hmm. whether you pay him or not, it doesn't matter. You know, yeah. it, it, it just doesn't matter. Uh, Tom Dean, Disney Plus has 42 million paid subscribers in the U.S., but the Pac-12 isn't Marvel or Pixar. No, that's true. Facts. Uh, George Klyavkov's burner phone. Weekend commentator echoed my thoughts on the Pac demise. Midwest football is culture, lifeblood, high school, and college revered pack stadiums west coast laid back diversity under no it does not not in any way shape or form there is nothing i heard this over the weekend oh well let's see it's the libtards and it's the democrats and it's gavin newsom's fault so gavin newsom's the one who intentionally or unintentionally kept money back from comcast who intentionally or unintentionally, and really it's intentionally, didn't do a deal with DirecTV. Yeah. Who had his, you know, people in the replay booth, his lawyers in the replay booth, 
whose head of officials quit the conference out of embarrassment. Yeah, that's all those, you know, it's equality in the Pac-12 footprint. That's why they failed. Right. So wait, let me get this right. It was the LGBTQ community that told them to pay rent in downtown San Francisco. And I also think it was the LGBTQ community. And I, and I could be wrong. I think it might be the Anti-Defamation League could be wrong who told him to fly private jets and told him to stay in, you know, penthouse suites in Vegas. I, I think that's, I, I think Gavin Newsom mandated that he have that office space in downtown San Francisco, right? And said, hey, yeah, we're going to have eight fucking feeds on the Pac-12 network. Yeah, those libtards forcing them to do eight feeds on the Pac-12 How network. How dare you? When they needed one or maybe two. Man, how those libtards destroyed the Pac-12 network. I I don't know. I, it's it's just such an injustice. Boom. You know, they, the LGBTQ community forcing the, the Pac-12 to fly private jet for their commissioner. I mean, I just don't know how. Back to the envelope calculations. You know, the NAACP really needs to get a grip on themselves. I mean... Wow, forcing the Pac-12 to have attorneys in the replay booth making decisions on calls. How dare the NAACP do that? That's what you mean, right? Because those are the reasons the conference failed. Those are the reasons. It has nothing to do with politics. It has nothing to do with, you know, the, what, it, what did you say? The stadium's West Coast laid back diversity. What does that mean? Yeah, what does that even mean? Can you define that? So let me get this right. UCLA has the Rose Bowl empty, not because they suck and they don't win games and they don't schedule well at home. That couldn't be it. No, it's because of the, you know, it must be because of all the diversity, diversity in Los Angeles. Um. Meanwhile, the fucking guys at USC who have a full house, the Heisman Trophy winner, and arguably the hottest coach in college football. Yeah, that, those libtards, they leave USC alone down there in South Central. Fucking A-man, the Trojans. You see that traveler horse walk out there and take a dump? That's why the Pac-12 failed. Yeah, and the Trojan, the soldier, Roman soldier, how dare they soil Marcus Aurelius's name like that? How uh, dare you? Libtards. Oh, but the Coliseum was full. Oh, my bad. Must not be the libtards then. Yeah, the divert, the fucking diversity. That must be why Rice Eccles. Yeah, the diversity is why Rice Eccles is just sold out to the gills. Couldn't, and you you turn my microphone off when I get crazy here. Couldn't be that Kyle Whittingham's one of the best coaches in the country with a really good football team. He has our full respect. That couldn't be it. Who beat USC? Nah, fuck that. Could he? No, no. It, it's it's these libtards and these diversity advocates. That's why they failed. Couldn't be anything to do with shitty administration in the conference. No TV deal. No reach. No way to have people watch them. No, none of that. Pac-12 after dark, bitches. Bro, what are you it's, talking about, man? It's this diversity stuff. <laughs> fuck out of here. Like, what are you? Like, see, it's stuff like this. It's stuff like this that that I Kiss just. Kiss my butt. You, you have do you. Like, you should apologize to yourself for looking yeah, like an was, idiot. <clears throat> Sorry, bro. I, I I have to agree. That and I love of... the part where it's like, e uh, weekend commenter echoed my thoughts. I'm sure, I'm sure he did. Yeah, that, those weekend commentators, you, you, man. You should leave the weekend commentator portion out and just give your opinion. Like, <laughs> the, you but, know. but the weekend commentator validated him. So the weekend commentator. Not the libtards. Because the libtards... 
They're the ones that destroyed the Pac-12. They really hit me. And the diversity, that destroyed the Pac-12. Not the weekend commentator. No, no. He made the Pac-12 what it was. He's the one that got them on DirecTV. He's the one that installed like realistic quality officiating in the league. He's the one that got more eyeballs on the product. Not the commissioner. You know, he's the weekend commentator. You know what? The weekend commentator, as I understand it, is one of the best forensic accountants. He doesn't do back of the envelope calculations because it couldn't be George Klyovkov doing back of the envelope calculations. Back of the envelope calculations. You know, destroyed the fucking Pac-12. It couldn't be, you know, some dude up in the Northwest with a radio show in Seattle talking about, you know, how there's a grant of rights that's done. That couldn't destroy that. No, that couldn't do it. No, no. That's the untrained eye. You know, it's the libtards and the the diversity. Yeah, that's that's the West. Who, what is it? Man. What is the? Can you please quote him? I'm properly, sorry, please? my bad. Uh, it's the Midwest. In Midwest, their football is culture, oh. lifeblood, high school and college revered. Yeah, because it couldn't be that there's fucking high school football for days. Yeah. Yeah, the, where do the best quarterback? I'm just, I'm just curious, dude. And I listen, I know I'm a libtard, and I don't, I don't get this, but uh, where do the best quarterbacks in the country come from? Oh shit, um, shit that's right. I don't, I don't know, I, I, I don't know if uh, um, I don't know quite, I don't quite know how to answer that, to be honest. Um, dude, uh, California, you know, libtard central, your diversity culture. Please take you, take you and your take you and your cell phone and go for a long walk, bro. Like figure it out. Rowdy every point. Tucker is doing another episode tomorrow and said he's going to keep doing his Twitter thing for free and feels he's free to tweet like everyone else. He's free to tweet. He's not free to do the Tucker on Twitter show. Yeah, it's two different products, and I think that's something that people don't quite understand. Like he can tweet, but yeah. you're not going to do a video. Because again, what this is the other thing. Nobody's talking about this, and I and I, I think it's crucial. It would be different if Tucker was like, think of it this way: if Tucker was, you know, had his iPhone or whatever kind of phone he has, and he was just sitting at his house in a t-shirt, and it was real casual, low key, and really low production value, and just giving his thoughts. Okay, that's not a non-compete's not going to apply to that. That's just not five, but, four or five minutes. You know, like hey, this is just my thoughts of the day type thing. That non-compete's not going to not going to, you know, apply to that. But this think, is a think fully OJ. produced thing, dude. Yeah, think OJ. Yeah, if it was hey. like OJ. Hey, Twitter world, it's OJ. How are you? <laughs> it's yours truly, Tucker Carlson. Hello, hey, man. I totally agree. It's branded Tucker on Twitter, bro. It's highly He's produced. He's wearing a suit. Like. He's doing a monologue. He's doing. He's doing Fox News Tucker on Twitter. No, no he's not. It's his cards. First Amendment right. Unless, is not over. unless he's in California, the home of the libtards who destroyed the Pac-12. What a bunch of cocks. <laughs> the first, I love, I love the, the Tucker argument. The First Amendment. Yeah, nobody was worried about the First Amendment when they were paying him $30 million a year on the contract he willfully signed on his own, of his own volition. And by the way, that he extended two years later. Mm. No, nobody was worried about the First Amendment then, were they? Dilly, oh, dilly, 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 dilly. They fired him because he pretty much was at the heart of the Dominion lawsuit and said really terrible stuff about <coughs> his bosses, including <coughs> Rupert Murdoch, <coughs> in emails and text messages. Mm. 
Oh yeah, that got you fired. But no, it, no, it, that didn't get him fired. It was the folks in California. Yeah, oh, the libtards got. That's right, See, the libtards got dude. Tucker fired. Be better. Damn. Mike Maple says, if I send Tucker a Monty shirt to wear, will that fix the issues? Yeah, I believe it will. Hey, ducking, no smoke. I believe it will. <laughs> David Kreitzer, Midwest, Chicago just built a new eight and a half billion dollar <laughs> state of the art airport terminal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they did that because it was so cultural in Chicago, you know? Diversity in yeah, the airports. Yeah, that, that must be, uh, you know. Well, you know, it's a flyover conference. You know. Uh, rowdy every point. Great Pac-12 football atmosphere once USC leaves. Utah, Oregon, Oregon State, and Washington. <laughs> because it's garbage. Like, when you, when you type a comment like that, the weekend commentators valid. Yeah, yeah. Do you think about it before you send it? Or do you just enjoy the ass kicking I, I don't you must enjoy the ass kicking that's all I can say Carrie Lee be one with the like button yes be one yeah, with please. the like button on, we've had 6,000 views today and 235 yeah, let's likes. go dude come on just don't leave on, anything on there I can't uh, that is an all-time comment I'm sitting here kind of in awe of of the just the idea I'm like wait so you just made the point that that football in the Midwest is more successful because it's in the culture. No, what he meant, the point that he made was because in the Midwest, what you apparently said was, well, you know, nobody, and now I can't find your comment. Bro, what are you talking about, man? Nobody, nobody would, you know, support equality or, you know, gay rights in the Midwest because they don't support equality and diversity in the Midwest. Football works. But those guys in California that support, you know, the uh, diversity, <laughs> they failed because. So does that mean, does dude, does that mean the SEC is successful because they support Jalen Carter wrecking his SRT Jeep? <laughs> is that, I mean, is that the kind of logic we're using here? Pack Stadium's West Coast laid back diversity. What, what does that even mean? Like. <laughs> What? Did you watch? Wow. Like, did you not see the Oregon-Oregon State game last year? Did like, do you, By the way, do you not see the money that they put into Reeser? Do you not watch? Do you do you not watch BYU home games? Oh, the laid. What part of BYU's home games are laid back, diversity-filled atmospheres? And here comes the Mormon take. Like, what are you talking about? That the Rock is the uh, arguably one of the best student sections in the country. Yeah, you know the the Mus is like, guy. I was just at like the the regional the softball fans. Four thousand people at a softball they, game. It dude. couldn't be possible because the diversity, dude. Jake. The diversity. Like, I, I I and I don't mean to make it personal with you, bro. I love the fact like. This is what I always say to you, and I'm going to say it again here, and then we'll move on from you and, and give you the rest of the day off. Your account is George Klyovkov's burner phone. Be better. You have material today. Be better. Oh, my God. Okay, before we leave. Jesus. Let's get to the real topic of the day. Are boneless wings actually just chicken nuggets? Bro, what are you talking about, man? Depends. Are you in the Midwest or on the West Coast? Well, <laughs> listen, chicken nuggies have rights to Okay. Chicken nuggies 
have rights to. <laughs> Dude, no, nuggets there, are not wings. There was an article. Jake sent me super excited last night after we had a very serious conversation about sex and birds and the bees. <laughs> Jake said... <laughs> Jake sent me an article about the worst places that you can get wings and the most unhealthy wing orders one could make. Mm -hmm. Now, you know. And one of them was a boneless wing, which is not real, by the way. And we're going to get the chicken tenders in this conversation, too. Chicken tendies and fries. Because you all know that Super Chicks is where it's at when it comes to chicken tenders and chicken sandwiches, right? But when you want wings, when you want wings... When you want some wangs, these are the places you should not go, right? You should not go to these places. Little Caesars is number one. Okay. Eight wings at Little Caesars, 670 calories, 51 grams of fat. Why? 2,500 grams of sodium. Why are you ordering wings at Little Caesars? I understand this is the diversity yeah, You'll, you'll get better. It gets better. Number two on the list, you'll never guess, Smash Burger. So let me get this uh, right. You went to a burger joint to get wings? You libtards make me crazy. Man, you like, must be in the Pac-12, bro. You must be. Number three. And Domino's. A, fucking A. You're going you to, a, to pizza a pizza place joint? to get wings? That's two of three. Like, Why are you ordering it? wings from a pizza place? Oh, please. They're... No, it gets better. Sonic. Sonic you... Buffalo boneless wings. First of all, nuggies are not wings. Bone in. That's the end of the discussion. If there's no bone, you're not in. Got it? You guys, you, have, you can't tell me that you... you Dude, hey, Jake, uh, I'm tired and I'm hungry. I want some wings. Oh, dude, you should call Little Caesars Pizza. Like, what are you talking about, dude? Bro, what are you hey, talking man, about, I man? I really want some good wings. Hey, let's go to Smash Burger. Why? Why? Why do this to me? I'm sorry, Don't I said out of here. I said wings. Yeah, Smash Burger. Kiss my butt! This is why we're fat. Like, you can't go to Smash Burger and get wings. Like With some all of the due other respect. Places. Okay. Wingstop is on the list for a certain flavor. Their Cajun bone-in wings are not good for you because of the sauce. Okay. Zaxby's? No, I'm not going to Zaxby's for what boneless Zaxby's? wings. I don't know, and I don't care. Pizza Hut. You're not getting wings at Pizza Hut. Chili's. Stop. Oh, well, Chili's. Boneless okay. buffalo wings. You'll never guess what number nine is. Applebee's, boneless. Out of business. Out of business. Boneless wings. Okay, so can we all agree, first of all, anyway, OG Gary says Little Caesars have wings. I don't think so. That's what I'm saying, dude. Tanner Plummer, when you want wings, pause, Jake, pause. Like, I just, I I can't get down with this right now. When you want wings, you call Little Caesars. Yeah, dude. Like, what are we doing? Uh, Big Jack 512, Little Caesars is for condoms. Uh, rowdy every point sodium equals high blood pressure yes it does Monty owes a ribeye I need to try little Caesars wings no you don't dude no you don't how dare you truck stop Gumby Sonic has wings that's, that's exactly saying, my point dude like what are we doing Jansen I'd rather order wings at little Caesars than pasta from Domino's. okay oh, I can get God. down with that I'm not I'm not dude if I'm doing pizza 
I'm doing Papa Murphy's, and it's not because they advertise on the show. Bro, the pizza's just better. The calzone's bomb. Love the cookies. By the way, the cinnamon wheel, absolutely bomb. But notice, notice, I, and I could be wrong, I don't think that Papa Murphy's offers wings. No. Idiots. If you're getting wings from a pizza place... Dumb fuck. You're dumb. You're literally dumb. I agree. You're dumb. That's your. That's a you problem. Mike Maples. Hey, tenders and chicken balls are slightly different part of a chicken for starters. Wow. Right, but let's call them chicken balls or chicken tenders or chicken nuggets. I'm unfamiliar with it. Why are we calling them chicken? Oh, Mike, hey. I hate guys, 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 guys. My friend Jolene, who works at Hooters, Jolene says that her and Eileen get boneless wings. My they, favorite food is chicken tendies and fries. And they take them to their overnight job at Glitter Club and they eat them in the champagne room. Um, that's what this feels like. That was, um, a, that was a stripper reference, and I'm pretty proud of it. Uh, it's fair, says Applebee's are solid. Nah, haven't had it. Nah. The Nye guy says Trump says there are the best chicken wings ever. No one better than Little Caesars. <laughs> Why? Truck stop Gumby. If you don't bone, you're not in. Jakey too. Damn balls. right. <laughs> Damn right. That's right. And I'm proud of you for picking up on that. If you don't bone, you're not in. So I said, yeah. See what I did uh, there? You see what I did there with that? I'm glad someone picked up on that reference. Did you say that out loud? Yes, and I did. I mi- oh, you sorry. missed it, dude. I missed it. OG Gary, unfriend and block those who call boneless wings That's wings. What I'm saying, dude. Like, what do you mean? Chicken. That's nuggets. what fucking takes me to fuck off. That's like, it's a- unacceptable. You ready? You ready? That's a Cole Beasley thing to do. Oh, that's boy. what that's what that is. Cole Beasley. Oh boy. Cole Beasley. OG. Oh, oh my. Boy. Uh Mike Maples. Hey, tenders and chicken balls. I already read that. Shut up, Mike. Carrie Lee says, I miss the White Castle potato nibblers and onion Sorry, chips. Sorry, did you just say nibblers? <laughs> Where you get real like, Midwest what? food. Don't forget the crave box. Well, in the Midwest, they're more passionate about football and and have no diversity. Yeah, I got a crave right? box. Come on, the guy. The best part of that is it's like, oh, yeah, the Midwest, they hate the LGBTQ community. Fucking A. <laughs> Come on, guy. That's the best part of that comment. Tom Dean, chicken nuggets are ground up chicken meat that's pressed into a cube. How about that? Okay. Uh, <laughs> that is so gross. Big Jack 512, Little Caesars, too quote-unquote diverse, if you know what I mean. <laughs> the Nye Guy, the J- Jiffy Lube, now offering wings while you wait. Dude. I hope that's true. I actually hope it's not true, but I hope it's true. Jansen, okay, who eats boneless wings in the first place? I do not. I, we, I, yeah, I'm, dude. I'm a man. I get chicken tenders. And Mrs. Monty is a chicken tender queen. Fanatic. We don't eat that stuff very much at all. Yeah. Uh, Monty owes a ribeye. Does Papa Murphy's have wings? No, they do not. No. They're a pizza place. They yeah, do dude. calzones. They know what they do well. And they do it well. Uh, br- uh, it's fair. Bro, my Applebee's is East Coast dense and is packed every night. <laughs> nope. Not going there. I'm not playing your stupid little game, sir. Uh, Boyd Lake, Bush's Chicken. Mm. Okay. Now, now I'm, I'm, I'm getting to a point where I'm going to. Or I'm going to drown here, bro. I'm, I'm floating are you away. Floating? Yeah, I'm floating away here. All right, Jake's weak and uh, feeble. Yeah, I got it. And you know, so it's been three we hours. need to remind you that uh, Bucked Up is the official energy provider of this here program. The Monty program. And if you haven't gotten the free samples, 
Buckshot. See, I took my Buckshot and what happened? We had a great show. Right. Get six of them free. Get a sampler pack of bars free in the description below. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. Until tomorrow, say go take a pee, Jake. Go take a pee, Jake.